Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. You are joining us here for episode 98. Thanks for listening uh, to us on the podcast format. Just a reminder, if you do not uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, you can always watch us live as we record or catch up on demand. Um, I'm encouraging that today right out of the gate because I want you to see the shirt I'm wearing, um, which might let you know what side of the fence I'm on. And if you're going, what? Stay tuned. We'll talk more about that. Um, Jim, what's up, man? Good to see you. Good to be with you. Good to be with you as well. And my t-shirt gives absolutely nothing away. It's just kind of my normal, you know, I own a number of black t-shirts, just plain black, not even, you know, wrestling black. Uh, yeah, I titled this show, what in the wide world of wide, wide world of monkeys is going on because that feels like apropos to what we'll be talking about a little later on. We got a couple things to hit before, um, because I think once we hit to the kind of main event, um, you know, that could go on for a little bit longer than some of the other things. Although after that, we are going to, at the very end of the show today, we're going to make our NFL picks. So if you're a football fan, stick with us through the end of the show. We're going to pick, uh, at least what I've written down, Tom, is I've got my division winners, uh, wild cards, uh, what I think the championship games on each side will be and what the, the Super Bowl and winner, um, you're, so, you're you're better than me. I don't have my Super Bowl pick or my uh, or my uh, division title game, but I can easily pull that together. So. Sure, and they're just kind of what I think of this morning. We're recording the day after the first football game, which uh, <clears throat> was last night. Uh, I don't think that's going to affect our picks a whole lot. Uh, that was two good football teams that ran into each other last night, and it's Week One. I mean, anybody who freaks out after Week One, like it's a long season. Calm down. I'm not going to say the R word that gets spelled out by a quarterback in a Wisconsin town who is a big old jerk. So we won't talk about that. We'll talk about him later. Anyways, uh, Tom, we had three head-to-head shows last week, which we walked into those shows with me having a two-match lead. We actually had two matches difference out of like 25 or whatever it was we picked last week, which is crazy a little bit. And uh, you have the head-to-head score update uh, handy, so I'll let you... uh, reveal the results yeah so coming out of all three shows uh the overall standings are jim 31 and 15 tom 28 and 18 so you had a two match lead as we started a week ago with all of our picks you gained a match um through all of the outcomes uh just remind listeners uh we were pretty consistent um actually we had the same picks if i'm not mistaken for clash and worlds collide Yep. We had the differences at all out, and that's where you gained that one match bump up. Yep, I had uh, Pac, you had Kip Sabian, so that was the the one that I got right and Tom got wrong. Uh, we were both considered wrong, at least for these picks, uh, with the casino ladder match, which you know those are kind of a crapshoot to pick sometimes. Anyways, um, I did have the Joker winning, but we agreed that because I was very specific in who I thought the Joker would be. I said Samoa Joe, who did appear later in the show. We'll talk about that a little later. Um, <clears throat> that was still a loss considered for me here. So uh, I had the Joker. I just had the wrong guy. Um, and, and I'll be – well, no, I'm not going to We're going to talk about it. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. So uh, the thing I was going to say, we're going to stop. Uh, but we're going to do these chronologically as far as our thoughts. And then, um, yes, the, the situation from All Out afterwards – uh, we will obviously discuss. We're going to talk about that after All Out. We want to hit each show first, um, kind of give our thoughts. So Clash of the Castle was on Saturday afternoon, and I saw most of that show live. 
maybe even all of it. Can't remember if the main event, maybe I saw a little bit later that day, but I, I saw it all on that day. Um, Tom, were you able to, I think, I think you did watch the show. I know you saw it, but yes, I watched clash at the castle on Sunday afternoon oh, okay. and I'm, I believe I was spoiler free, which was really great actually. Yes, absolutely. I, I was as well. Um, and I was just uh, pulling up the results here just because, again, there were like 25 matches we picked last week. So I want to make sure uh, I'll run down the results just real quick. Uh, and then we can kind of maybe just talk. Not necessarily three big things, but just big thoughts coming out of it. Does that sound good, Tom? We didn't really yes. talk about how we we're going to do this. Yep. No, that does sound good. Um, only six matches because, you know, I will say WWE at least uh, can figure out how to pace a pay-per-view a little better than uh 17 hours in AEW, which it gets a little bit long. Um, but six matches, uh, damage control of Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky, uh, over <clears throat> excuse me, over Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. And uh, if I remember right, Bailey did pin Bianca. In fact, yes, I do know that's right. Um, and we talked about that a little bit last week, what how that could go down. So Bailey pinned Bianca, the Intercontinental Title War. Gunther uh, beat the tar out of Sheamus, who also beat the tar out of Gunther. Uh, but Gunther retains his title. Uh, SmackDown Women's Title Match, Liv Morgan defeated Shayna Baszler. Uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio defeated the Judgment Day of Finn Balor and Damian Priest. And then afterwards, uh, Dominic Mysterio did finally turn, uh, not during the match, but after the match. And uh, left foot kicked Edge in the junk, which I don't know the last time I saw a left foot kick. That's That was a little different. And the shoes went flying. It, yeah, and the shoe went flying. I, that was a little strange, too. Um, then Seth Rollins beat Matt Riddle in one heck of a match. And uh, then the undisputed Universal title match, Roman Reigns defeats Drew McIntyre when Solo Sokoa makes his main roster debut, apparently aligning with his family, which makes a lot of sense, uh, in the bloodline and joining them. Uh, Roman almost kind of looking like he didn't know Solo was coming, but... Uh, yeah, interesting. So, Tom, what were your uh, overarching thoughts? Yeah, so, um, again, when this happened on Saturday, I was very uh, specific to not want to try to spoil anything. Um, stayed off socials. Again, we talked about last week, too. First week in the college football. Um, so my energy was you know, focused on Michigan football, that's without right. a doubt. Yeah, that's right. um, so being able to start on Sunday afternoon, number one, Sunday was a long day of wrestling because I watched this entire show. Thankfully, I was able to break it up and kind of do some other things. Then I went right into Worlds Collide. And then from Worlds Collide, of course, that goes into All Out. So it was a very long day of professional wrestling, but a, but a good day too. Uh, overall, just a really, really good show. Really enjoyable show. McIntyre, Roman, fantastic. Gunther, Sheamus, fantastic. Riddle, uh, Matt Riddle, since everybody's getting their first names back. Seth Rollins, very, very good. Which um, I'm going to be sending Triple H a Christmas card for that, by the way. <laughs> no, no other matches weren't like, then there was nothing bad on the show. Like the only thing that I'm, and then, and then the atmosphere, the crowd, and then the, 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 the vibe that, the, that makes, that, that brings events like this to the next level. So I, yep. so I appreciate that very much. Um. Yeah, just just a win overall for WWE. Though my only criticism of the show is the number of video packages and just like the the pacing. 
I feel like I feel like they could tighten things up and give us more wrestling. Not that what we got wasn't good uh, and plentiful, but I feel like with with the size of roster that you have, it's what a, what a juxtaposition from this versus what you saw it all out. And the problem with those video packages is they're not going anywhere because if you have, depending on which level of peacock you have, um, some of them include ads at those points. And so they're showing ads. And then for the premium plus or whatever it is, you get more video packages. I'm on, I think I'm on the one that gets some of the ads. I get some of the video packages, but then I have like when I have read results compared to what I'm watching, I'm missing some videos and they're, they're not, you know, they don't ever put anything on there that's super important to what's happening currently. They're highlight videos, they're whatever. Um, and I mean, if I'm not, if, as long as I'm not missing any of the matches or the important things going on, I'm, I'm not going to up my subscription just to, oh, I'd rather see more WWE videos than ads. Like, well, I'm watching a pointless thing anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, and the nice part is on the on-demand, you can actually fast forward through those. So, Although with Peacock on Roku, you don't see like a little box that tells you where you're at. Like you see the timestamp, but you don't see a box to tell you. So I have to like fast forward like a minute and then hit play and then go a minute and then hit play. Like when's the match? When's the live feed come back? Um, be nice if I could actually see it. So I'd be like, oh, there. Um, anyways, small complaint. Agree with you. Probably the best top to bottom pay-per-view WWE has put on in years. Um, I don't like have a specific like, oh, I think it's the best one since blah, blah, blah in 2018 or like, I don't, I, I can't do that um, without doing a lot more research than we're known for. So, um, so that didn't happen. Um, yeah. Top to bottom, nothing wrong with the show. Little surprised we didn't see Rhonda. Um, I kind of thought she was going to be there involved. Um, unless I forgot she was there, but no, she wasn't there. Um so I was a little surprised there, um, but, you know, obviously the picks kind of went the way we thought were, did we miss one, Tom, on this one? I'm trying to remember. Um, we, well, so we missed the Judgment Day. We That's thought right. Judgment Day was going right. to was gonna get the win. Uh, because, because we thought Dominic like, would turn during the match, not after. Well, and, but, and, and why, why would you not keep Judgment Day strong to keep the feud going? You didn't, I guess, retrospectively knowing that what we know what happened, you don't need that because they get fueled by the Dominic turn. But it's weird because Dominic's turn didn't seem to be linking him to them, just that he was angry with his dad and Edge. So, right, little little bit of uh, right, the linking with them continuity gap. Yeah, the linking with them didn't even happen until Monday, and even then, it was a little wasn't for sure. And then it kind of became more, you know, when he chop blocked Edge. Um, which did look nasty. I was like, you got to throw a chop block, but not actually throw a chop block. Like you could break somebody's ankle, Dom. I don't know. It did. Maybe it just looked really good and was super safe. I don't know. But Monday looked a little, little gnarly. Um, I did like Rhea's comment. She made a man out of him because you can really double entendre that, you know, a number of different ways if you want to. Um, And, and, and it was said that way. So that you could, you know, I mean, there's no question that as much as I know Triple H isn't scripting every single line of every single promo, or at least that's the reports, that line was absolutely said, you need to say this. Um, and I'm guessing Rhea was like, of course I need to say that. That makes a lot of sense in this. Um, yeah, 
I, eventually when Dominic speaks, I think it'll be interesting to hear his, uh, what he gives as a rationale. Not that I'm dying for a Dominic Mysterio promo because he's pretty terrible. Um, maybe, and maybe he just stays the, uh, I'm going to say the strong silent type and, and I'm, you know, de-emphasizing strong, but, um, not, I'm not a Dominic Mysterio fan. Maybe they can make this work for him and give him a, a different side that will make him more entertaining for me. But, uh, Kudos for trying, and they had to eventually do it. Like they've been teasing it for years, it feels like at this point. So, and eventually we're going to get to Dominic versus Ray. I there's a little piece of me that wonders if they're going to hold that off for WrestleMania. Like that would be crazy, but 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 smart, like right, because it has to be a it can't be on Raw, like being especially with Ray saying I will never lay hands on my son. Like it's a little bit the Undertaker Kane thing. I will never fight my brother. I'll never fight my son. So eventually we know he's going to acquiesce and be like, all right, the only way for me to get through to him is going to be to beat his ass. So, you know, I'll go ahead and wrestle him. Um, is that Survivor Series? Is that Rumble? I mean, Mania just makes sense. But yeah, if they could run this thing from September to, what, April? Um, I don't know. That could be interesting. Um, yeah, Rollins and Riddle, I thought, I, I, if you asked me to pick the match of the night, it would be hard or the match of the day, whatever you want to say. Like, because I think there were three super deserving. And and again, like you said, nothing wrong with the other three. Um, Rollins and Riddle probably was the one I was most into. I also appreciated that in, in matches and all out did this too, pretty well in matches where there were like really strong grudges, like Riddle and, and Rollins, they didn't like circle each other and lock up. Like, it was just like, nope, I'm going to come out, I'm going to kick you in the face, and we're going. Um, which it should be. Like, if you have that heated of a feud, um, I, I, the one I always remember uh, is our dear friend John from the UK. Uh, I watched uh, in Dallas in 2016, we were there, we were watching TakeOver. Uh, and it was Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor. And they had, like, a super heated thing going. I mean, it was like a big, big money match. It was a big feud. And John's like, they're going to come straight out of the gates. And I mean, that bell rang and they stood there and stared at each other and didn't do anything for like three minutes. And so it's kind of becoming a like, yep, straight out of the gates. I mean, they don't nothing. Um, some matches should have that when it's those blood feuds, you know, um, and Riddle Rollins did, I remember, and, and some others. So um, I like that. Really, really enjoyable. Um, I like the way Triple H is telling stories. Is he going to be perfect? Of course not. Um but I, I am more excited, and we've talked about this for the last month or so. Uh, we were both, I think I can say for you, Tom, too, more excited watching WWE than we have been in years. Um, again, do I love everything he's doing? Of course not. I don't love everything AEW does. I don't love everything Ring of Honor did back in the day. I mean, I'm not expecting a perfect show ever. But, man, if you're giving me more more that I like than I don't, then I'm probably going to want to tune in. Um I mean Braun Strowman's back. Let's the jury's the, the jury's gonna be out on that one for a minute. Right. As I said, I don't love everything Triple H is doing. Um I I will say this about Braun Strowman. Kudos to that dude. He looks jacked. Um, I mean, the body transformation that guy has gone through and, and the health journey, obviously, he's been on. And I hope he's done it in a, in a good and healthy way. And I think he has, you know, from a little bit that I've seen online. I mean, the dude looks the monster piece right now. He looks like he could kill you at all times. Um, 
So, yeah, we'll see. I do think AEW still missed out. I We talked about it when Strowman got released, and I'd seen it online. It totally isn't my own thought. But if they could have done something, and if you think about these two guys together, John Silver, like, gets mad, and then, like, Braun Strowman comes walking out as, like, the Incredible Hulk version of John Silver. Um, I think for a one-off, like, ha-ha, it would have been really funny. But, um, like, you won't like me when I'm angry, and all of a sudden it's Braun Strowman. I mean, they kind of look similar. It could work. Um, could have been funny, or at least for like a BTE sketch or something. Like it would have worked in the BTE world, certainly. Anything else on Clash of the Castle, Tom? I, no, no. I mean, I, we, we, I mean, again, it's if you haven't watched it and you have been down on WWE, I think if you chose to watch it and you were, I think you'd come out of it with a different perspective. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, if you if you want a good, I think it was a three three and a half hour show. Um, where top to bottom, you're not going to, you, I don't think you're going to watch anything and be like, ah, oh, that was terrible. Um, you know, yeah, there's somebody out there that's going to say that, but cool, whatever. Then watch what you want. Don't watch it. Um, I think this would be a great re-entry point for WWE. If somebody has given up on them in the past, this would be a really good re-entry. And, uh, Solo Sokoa, I, I forgot to mention, I mean, we talked about, just mentioned it, uh, excited to see him on the main roster. Uh, I cannot activate him still for another three days in our fantasy wrestling league because of our, our rules, the way they work with the IR slot that I put him in. Uh, but that's okay because I can activate him on Monday and he probably won't. I'm hoping he doesn't have a match on SmackDown tonight that I miss or something, but it's okay. I have him and that makes me happy. As we transition to talk about Worlds Collide, I'm going to ask, uh, before we jump there, I've got a dog who needs to be let out. Unfortunately, our back door normally is open. We had a skunk spray outside this morning. Thankfully, not our dog. But she's been whining for about the last five minutes when we've been talking. So I don't I want her. I heard her. Yeah, I don't want her to, um, to be angry with me and then take it out on me. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, uh, before we jump to Worlds Collide, I'll be right back. If you could just kind of update our listeners on kind of what the next two weeks looks like. I was just going to say that, actually. Yeah, for our recording. So I'll be right back. Thanks. Absolutely. So while Tom runs to take care of the dog, yeah, we'll give you a quick update. So right now it looks like uh, just a recording schedule update for the next few weeks. It looks like the next two weeks we may not be able to record. Next week uh, there are some just appointments uh, in Tom's life that that may not allow us time to be able to do that. And then in two weeks I start a new job. And uh, so that Friday we may not be able to record either. Uh, so for the next two weeks, we're on episode 98. We're, we're just at the cusp of 100, uh, but 99 and 100 might have to wait a few weeks um, just with real life schedules. Like I said, next week, Tom's got a couple of uh, conflicts. And then the following week, I have a conflict in that I have a new job, which isn't a conflict. It's a great thing, but um, probably need to uh, ease into asking if I can come to work just a hair later on Fridays. Not super late, but just a hair later. Um with a new job. So this, which should probably be a longer episode, most likely, uh, is is not our last episode by any means, but it may be our last for just a couple of weeks. Um, hopefully in October, we'll be able to uh, kind of straighten things out and get back on a regular schedule. So, but that's okay. There aren't any head-to-head picks for a little bit either. So at least from the head-to-head side, uh, it's it's kind of a good time to hit a two-week pause if we needed to. And uh, so yeah, that's what that's what's going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. However, don't tune out now because we still got a whole lot more to talk about. Um, <laughs> that was just like the appetizer. Nineteen minutes. We still got um, Worlds Collide. I have not seen Worlds Collide other than the Carmelo Hayes Ricochet match. Uh, I, there were a few different reasons, but one of them, honestly, Tom, 
for me not watching Worlds Collide was I made a decision uh, in exactly the opposite direction of the decision you made uh, in that I'd already seen Clash of the Castle. I decided I didn't want to watch eight straight hours um, of wrestling because I know how the five hours of AEW, counting zero hour, uh, or, or sometimes a little bit more than five hours, tend to wear me down. And I thought adding another three on top of that, I was excited enough about All Out and where things might go in that show um, that I didn't want to add three, two and a half in the end, uh, from what I've seen on Peacock, about two and a half hours for this show. So at some point I may go back and watch it. Um, I've started to watch NXT from this week already. I haven't finished it yet. But um, so I may or may not. You had given me the guidance that um, Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet was probably the the one thing I quote unquote needed to go back and see or, or would be the most. So I, I was glad it was the first match. I didn't have to search and try to find the thing. It was right there. <laughs> um, and, and I'm really glad I saw it because it was everything I thought it would be. Uh, but you've seen Worlds Glide. So what were your thoughts as you as you watched that show? Yeah, so kind of a, a two a two-part statement here. Number one, that was a good decision on your part, and I'll tell you more why later. Um, additionally, with Worlds Collide, I will tell you after the first two matches, I only saw bits and pieces of the remaining three because the timing of this and family dinner and preparing of dinner kind of coincided. So I was in the kitchen doing some prep work, cooking some food, and coming back and watching it. So um, so I can't give a good opinion about the final three matches that happened on the show. I can talk a lot about the, the first match, which we both saw probably the best match of the whole show um, and really innovative uh, between Carmelo and Ricochet. And then the tag title match, which was quite good um, and quite surprising in terms of the outcome. I think if we would have talked a week ago, um, I would have had pretty deadly as the third team potentially winning, not the first. Um, I think Maybe the only- even the fourth. I mean, I mean, honestly, like I, I it would have been the only thing that probably would have maybe made them fourth is that Briggs and Jensen had belts. Um, even though I think we all kind of figured they probably weren't leaving with them. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then that also had the great payoff of, we finally know that Roderick strong isn't the, isn't the mole in diamond mine. Um, it's Damon Kemp. Uh, so, uh, Damon Kemp turns on the creeds to cost them the, the, the ability to unify the titles. So, yeah, I mean, what I saw was was really good. Um, they clearly are keeping the door open for uh, Mandy Rose, Mako Satamura, because Mako Satamura was not pinned in that unification match. Um, you know, I don't think that we're – I mean, the tag title match was kind of thrown together at the last minute, less desirable, less exciting on paper for me than Ricochet Carmelo was. Um you know, there's there's more to come in the women's tag division. It continued to play out on Tuesday. And then, you know, clearly Braun Breaker is the, is the face of NXT 2.0. I don't see that changing anytime soon. He's an unfair comparison, but, but similar. He's going to be kind of like that when you do beat him. It's going to mean something. Just yep. like with Roman Reigns, when you do beat him, it's going to mean something. Again, those are two different stratospheres I'm talking about. But, 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 but you're not wrong. No, but but a, but a comparison because they're both champions and they're both being built strong. So, yeah, and and honestly, if I'm looking at the NXT 2.0 roster right now, like, and I and I like the roster. I I don't know who that is that beats Braun. Um, Carmelo Hayes makes the most sense, but I kind of feel like both he and Braun are the next two that'll get brought up that could get brought up, um, at least as major. Now I say that, and Solo just went up, and you know Santos obviously is is on his way along with Legato. Um, to the main roster, it seems as well. Uh, so I say that, and there obviously are other people that go ahead of them. 
but I think that's partially because right now, the nice part with Triple H being over it and Triple H and Shawn and Shawn Michaels being over NXT and them being close friends is I think you won't see as much of what we saw before, where it was like Vince would decide he wanted to bring somebody up, and all of a sudden, like Karrion Cross when he got brought up, a obviously Vince had no plan with what he was going to do with him, which you know we can bemoan that forever. But like Cross was the was the NXT champion, and all of a sudden he got brought up, and now you're like. Well, crap, now I got to get the belt off the cross real quick. I think there'll be some more continuity between those two. I hope, anyways, there'll be some more continuity and they can be like, okay, we're going to move Braun into the main roster. So let's build to something with someone so that we can get the belt off of him and, and move him, but not just all of a sudden he shows up, and then he changes character and you beat him. You have Jeff Hardy beat him in two minutes, which obviously doesn't happen now because Jeff Hardy's in AEW, but carrying cross and he's your freaking undefeated world champion or NXT champion. You beat him in two minutes hopefully we won't see any of that crap happening anymore. So that's good. Um, there certainly are people they could build to that NXT title in NXT 2.0. I think uh, JD McDonough, I think could still be rebuilt to that point. Um, I'm just trying to think, I mean, Tyler Bate could be certainly built in that, in that space. Um, there are others just aren't coming to my head right now. I really like that Damon Kemp ended up being the mole. I got to admit, I didn't see that coming. Um, so nice job to to swerve swerve me on that. Uh, I kind of thought if it I, either they were going to go, oh yeah, it was Roddy all along, um, which seemed maybe like where they were headed, or I thought it might have been Julius Creed, um, or the Creeds somehow trying to set Roddy up. I didn't see Damon Kemp. I, he's kind of been not super emphasized in this whole thing. I mean, he's always been there, but never emphasized, which I almost wonder now if that was very intentional that he wasn't emphasized so you wouldn't see it coming and if so again tip of the cap kudos um interested to see how damon kemp does you know moving forward as a singles heel um i believe he had a promo on tuesday that i haven't seen yet um and i'm not there either okay i i've read a little bit you know but uh i'm still at like match two uh, Miko and mandy i am guessing for it sounds like halloween havoc might happen in october as a premium live event instead of just a Tuesday night thing. I'm, I'm guessing that's where we get me going, Mandy. Uh, so yeah, Worlds Collide. Uh, sounds like if you watch it, you're not going to be mad you watched it. And if you don't watch it, you probably won't be mad you didn't see it. Either. I mean, so nothing wrong with it, but nothing maybe. And it, it, it had a tough spot. It was right after, or not right after, but it was between Clash of the Castle, which has been lauded very much and rightfully so. And then All Out, which AEW pay-per-views usually have a decent amount of buzz going into them and usually have a decent amount of buzz coming out of them. <laughs> which we'll talk about. But let's talk about All Out as a vacuum and just that show for a minute. Um, and I didn't even run down the results for Worlds Collide. Look at how it, terrible I was. It's all good. We're fine. We're fine. Um, I'm going to run down the results for all out. So if you already know them and want to go make a sandwich or something while I'm, you know, doing this for the next 20 minutes. It's a laundry be- list. <laughs> <laughs> so we started out with the AAA mixed. It was with zero hour. The AAA mixed tag title match. Sammy and Ty Mello uh, retained their titles over Ortiz and Ruby Soho. Uh, the FTAW title match hook, of course, retained over Angelo Parker. Uh, the All-Atlantic title match. Pac uh, retained his title over Kip Sabian. And then in the main event of Zero Hour, I guess, for lack of a better word, and in Absolute War, uh, King Eddie Kingston beat Tomohiro Ishii. 
Then we led off right away with the casino ladder match on the pay-per-view, uh, future world title shot on the line, and the Joker uh, came out at the end. Well, first the Joker comes out, or not the Joker, a whole gang of black uh, masked folks come out, and uh, someone walks up the ladder and takes it. And I thought it was good that they, when he unmasked it and Stokely Hathaway takes down the chip, somebody said, well, he can't win because he's not the Joker. Um, so I thought that was good because otherwise, like, just don't be Hathaway in a future world title shot. Uh, I thought it was interesting. As he was climbing the ladder, you could see his hands, so you knew it was an African-American gentleman. And I kept thinking, it's too small to be Scorpio Sky. That was the see, name that kept coming to my I, head. I thought it was Scorpio Sky. I wasn't even, like, doing, like, I was, like, looking at the eyes and going, can that be? Could it be? Is it him? <laughs> right. And then I was like, and who are these other guys with Scorpio if it is? Well, then, of course, they all unmask, and it's stokely hathaway's group which i don't think is necessarily aligned with the joker we can talk about that as we talk about the aftermath a little bit later on but uh stokely takes down the chip the rest of the guys unmask it's w morrissey it's the guns it's ethan page and lee moriarty did i forget anybody oh, you got him yeah. um all of the guys he's been handing cards to for the last number of weeks and then uh the joker comes down and kind of a cool looking devil mask they play rolling stones uh Standing with the Devil, I think is the song, uh, which couldn't have been cheap for Tony Condal to license. Um, but he licensed it for one night, clearly. Um, I I knew who the Joker was at that point. The mannerisms, the uh, the walk, just I I knew who it was at that point. Did you did you know? No, because um I was trying to assess the the body type. And I know that you had talked about MJF coming back and you thought there was a good chance he's coming back here. Not necessarily as the Joker. You thought that was going to be Samoa Joe. Um, but funny story, I, I rewatched All Out the same night. Um, and I'll explain why. Uh, too much wrestling in one day make, makes one tired. So oh. I, actually, I actually dozed off at the end of Danielson Jericho. I missed the six-man. I woke up for the main event and then I fell asleep again during the main event. Woke up just in time for the finish and saw the end of the show. I I purchased this on traditional pay-per-view. So it was my provider. You get the, the first show and the replay. So I actually was up until uh, four in the morning uh, oh, watching, watching, re-watching a lot of of, of what I had what I, what I had seen, plus the media scrum, which we'll talk about. Um, and then and then caught up on the three matches and the stuff that I missed. Um, so, needless to say, it was a very long day and night for me. So, th to, to that end, that's why I would recommend if there's ever a chance in the, in the future where, and again, Clash of the Castle was a choice to watch Sunday, not Saturday. Um, don't do, don't do a marathon wrestling day, at least if you're me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh I got my yeah. money's worth though. I watched I watched back to back all outs. You did. So MJF being the Joker. Yep. And I, uh, I'm sorry, and, and back to that. So when I saw that match again and he came up at the same time, you had a really good comment in the group that we're part of in the chat, and you were like, Oh, the mannerisms. I paid more attention to the mannerisms and it clicked for me then. It didn't click yeah. for me in reals in the first uh viewing. So MJF, we later will realize is MJF uh wins that ladder match. Uh crazy ladder match we'll talk about it in a little bit maybe the trios title uh tournament finals going on second on the pay-per-view which was crazy i did not see that in the like coming in the order uh the elite 
of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks uh, win the trios titles and hold them for less than 20. Well, no, I guess it was more than 24 hours. Um, but we'll talk about in a little bit the aftermath of that. But the Elite defeat Hangman Page and Alex Reynolds and John Silver uh, in what I thought was a crazy good match. Uh, the TBS title, the, the trios match, I mean. The TBS title match, uh, Jade Cargill beat Athena. Wardlow and FTR uh, beat Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. Powerhouse Hobbs whooped that ass on Ricky Starks and beat him in like three minutes or something. Um, talk about that, probably. AEW World Tag Title match. Holy smokes. Swerve in our glory. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland uh, defeat the acclaimed and retain their titles. And there's a rematch now scheduled for uh, the uh, Grand Slam show here in a couple of weeks uh, at Arthur Ashe Stadium, which I think, especially with the acclaimed, that's going to be, that atmosphere is going to be off the charts for that. Very excited about that. Uh, the interim world title match, women's world title match, excuse me, Tony Storm defeats Jamie Hayter, Dr. Britt Baker, and Hikaru Shida to win that interim title. Christian Cage beats Jungle Boy in 20 seconds after Luchasaurus turns like Big Show for the 974th time in the last three weeks. Talk about that. Jericho over Brian Danielson in their match. Uh, Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro beat the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews in what appears to be Malachi Black's last AEW match, at least for now. Um, a lot of reports that he's been given a highly conditional release, i.e. he ain't going to be wrestling anywhere else either. Um, but it sounds like he's done in AEW, which I am super bummed about, and I think is a he was a massively wasted opportunity. It's um, so, yeah, so weird. Just so weird. I just massively wasted opportunity, and I wish I knew why. Um, and, you know, leads to a question for me of where do Brody King and Buddy Matthews go from here? Um, I, I hope they can either repackage or redo something because um, those are two super talented dudes that I, I want to see featured better than they have been. They could be a great tag team to enter into the tag team division if you wanted to do that. Um, and then the AEW Undisputed World Title match, CM Punk defeats John Moxley to win the title and, again, holds it for, like, three freaking days. Um, I saw a meme this week that said, uh, Roman Reigns, one title reign, 700-plus days. CM Punk, two title reigns, five days. Awesome. Let's talk about the show in a vacuum. We're going to get to that in a minute. I'm very disgruntled about a lot of that. Just uh, we'll talk about why um, for, for many reasons, not just the uh, fantasy wrestling implications, although that is a big piece for me. Um, but for a lot of reasons, I'm just disgruntled about that whole situation. But before we get there, all out the show itself, through your two viewings, Tom, what did you uh, what do you think of the show? Yeah, I almost wanted to try to condense our conversation to do three big things, but this show is is larger than three big things in my opinion. Might need to be four or five, right? Yeah. So, um, just overall, just a tremendous show. Um, equal, if not better, than All Out last year. And I thought All Out last year was arguably the professional wrestling show of the year. And it's so crazy. So, in my mind, when I was watching this and thinking of how the first two matches were, you had. Lucha Brothers in the latter match, and you had the Bucks in the in the second match for the trio. So that was a big spot. But those two teams had the had a match of the year, whether it was the match of the year or not, I don't know, at All Out last year in their tag title cage match. And here they are in the first two matches of the show. Talk about a wealth of riches with AEW's roster. That that's that is like the prime example of that. Um so yeah, like just overall, just a really, really good show. Five-hour shows, like, are like, 
I don't I don't know how I don't know I don't know how differently to to have AEW do this other than to not have 15 matches. With that being said, that it made sense that matches like Jungle Boy and Christian were short, that Hobbs and Starks were short. Those stories are long-term stories. So if there's gonna be something that has to be condensed, for lack of a better term, to me those those make sense. Yeah. I mean, the, my big takeaways, I loved Eddie Kingston, Ishii. I want more of Eddie Kingston. Where I, I don't, yeah. we're not getting, I'm, I'm not getting enough of him for my taste. Uh, and I know that clearly like they're pivoting away from the track they were on because of the stuff behind the scenes with him and Sammy Guevara. Um, but give, I, me more, give me more Eddie Kingston, please. Pri- prior to everything happening, um, and before they announced who even was going to be in the casino uh, ladder match, Sean Ross Sapp had said, why don't you put, and before they had announced Kingston Nishi, uh, his suggestion was put Kingston in the casino match, have him win the, the chip, and have him cash it in in New York at Arthur Ashe Stadium, and have him versus whoever the champ was in New York. Like, that would have been insane. That would have been great. Missed opportunity. And I mean, now they, you know, with everything going, they've got a, a world champion to crown that night. But nonetheless, Eddie Kingston, I agree. Um, the acclaimed and Swerve in our glory, fantastic tag match. Uh, if nothing else, they've now gone two years in a row with the uh, world tag team titles being uh, this being like a platform for them to put on a show stealing match. So amazing, and I cannot now wait until um, Grand Slam. Grand Slam, and again, well, I don't don't want to get too far ahead, but now with with what's with the fallout from All Out. That's a fun way to say. Um, plus, this rematch being added to that show—that's that's a sick, sick, sick night. And Tony yep. Khan knows what he's doing. That's the, that is the week of a lot of fall premieres for TV. Um, so whether they call this the fall premiere for AEW or not, I'm sure there's something to that. They want to draw a big number, and they're stacking the deck to be able to draw <laughs> a big number. Yeah. Um, Samoa Joe coming out after the. Uh, the the six man with FTR and and Wardlow was cool. It was good to have Joe back. And I, I believe he's going to have a promo tonight on Rampage. So I'm excited to hear right. from from him and kind of see him back in the next. I know that you mentioned he was doing voiceover work, which is kind of why he wasn't around. And and it's weird because to me he's such a big name and like in my fandom, like for the last 20 years, for the most part. And again, a lot of that's Ring of Honor centric. Uh, Samoa Joe is such an un, such, such such an asset, and he's been untapped in my opinion. So I th- I hope that in the close of 2022, we really get to see more of him. Um, similar but different to my opinion about Eddie Kingston. I just want more Samoa Joe. Uh, and then and then the, the only other thing I'll say is you know the main event was 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 very good. Um, CM Punk. And injuries are not copacetic. And uh, and the end of that show, the end of that show with the with the with the MJF reveal, with the and the pop that he got was awesome. The video, the video with the voicemail and the dark screen, and then the and then the and then the callback to the punk summer of punk promo from New Jersey when he won the Ring of Honor World Title and turned heel. 
all of that is just really wonderful storytelling. It for me, I don't know what's legit and I don't know what's what's not legit. I don't I don't know the the story, the true story, and I don't need to know the true story between Tony Khan and MJF. But all we all we know, uh, you know, if we're just looking at it just from what we're seeing on TV, MJF has that promo of the year back in I believe it was like June one. June, yep. And in in LA at their debut. And then and then the it fades to black and he's gone. And there's been no no nothing on him. And then boom, here he is. And what we saw Sunday and then what we saw Wednesday. The guy's money. And whether and whether it's legit that he wants to move on, whether he's so angry with Tony Khan and AEW and he feels undervalued and, 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 and underpaid. He's going to be able to go in 2024 and be a hot commodity, whether whether he wants to re-up and AEW wants to pay him the cash he thinks he deserves, or whether he wants to go and play ball with Triple H and WWE. And again, with what's happened in WWE in the last 60 days, I'm more excited about a potential MJF run right. there than I was before Vince McMahon retired. So I've talked a lot. I want to hear your thoughts and opinions too. I don't want to dominate this conversation. No, no, you're fine. Um, yeah, a lot of the same thoughts. Um, I'm just kind of looking at it. Yeah, Kingston Ishii was was crazy good. Uh, the only thing, honestly, on Zero Hour that was worth necessarily going out of your way to see it if you haven't seen it. And again, the other stuff's fine, but that that was worth going out of your way. If you haven't seen that, it's on YouTube for free. Go go watch that match. Um, if you watch the rest of the sh- the rest of that hour, you won't be upset you did. But um, but take you know, 15, 20 minutes, whatever that was, and watch that match. Um, to try to touch on a few of the other things, because I agree with a lot of what you said, on, really with all of what you said um, about different folks. Um, I thought the trios title tournament finals match was phenomenal. That was just crazy good. I need more Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Like, make them matter, because that was the only piece in this. Like, I didn't, the near falls that they got, there were a couple of them where I was like, maybe they are going to put over Hangman and the Dark Order, you know, and and everybody expects the elite to win these titles. Maybe they're going to zig rather than zag. You know, they did that with the tag title tournament originally way back when AEW started. Everybody kind of expected the Young Bucks were going to win it, and then they lost in the first round. Um, There was a little bit of me. They got me once or twice with a false finish, but for the most part, I was like, I don't think they're going to put Alex Reynolds and John Silver over here. Um because of the way they've been booked overall. Like if they're on dark and dark elevation, they're probably going to win. Um, if they're on dynamite, yeah, probably not. Um, I'd like to see more with them. I think they're both super talented. I think they're a really good tag team. Um, Silver is incredibly entertaining. Um, so I, yeah, I'd like to see more of them, but I thought that was a, a phenomenal match. Uh, you know, Jade and Athena was what Jade and Athena was. I mean, if I had to pick worst in ring, okay. If we eliminate, Christian Cage and Jungle Boy um, as an in-ring um, match because that was an angle, not a match, really. Yeah, and, and I want, and I, and I know how I, I think I know how you feel on that. So that's why I didn't want to touch that because I wanted to give you the floor because I would like to hear your full thoughts and I want to respond because I think I have a counterpoint. But, yep, yep. but let's we'll get there in a moment. Um, in-ring, I thought Jade and Athena was the weakest thing on the show. Um, they they kind of botched the uh, when Athena hit the. Uh, whatever eclipse, uh, the stunner. Oh, oh, face. Oh, face was what. Yeah, what she used to call it. I know. Um, 
they kind of botched the, like it was supposed to be a one, two, oh, kick out, shoulder up something, or maybe the baddies pulled the ref. I think that was when the baddies pulled the ref. Um, it, it didn't, timing didn't work out so well. So, I mean, it was kind of a visual three that didn't happen, but oops, hey, things happen. It's live action, right? I mean, uh, but that was, that took me out of it for a second. Uh, Powerhouse and Ricky Starks. I, <laughs> um, didn't expect that. Um, I, you know, we both picked powerhouse to win, but holy smokes, the, the kind of beat down that Ricky Starks took, but it does sound like I have heard a couple times from Sean Ross Sapp there. It seems like powerhouse Hobbs is going to get a push here, um, which I'm, I'm, I'm in for, I like powerhouse. Um, I also like Ricky Starks a lot, but I think we're going to see a lot more out of Ricky too. This'll, this'll light a fire under him. I'm sure. Um, which is good. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. Let's talk Christian, Christian and jungle boy, the women's title match. That was fine. Um, I thought Tony Storm's comments at the media scrum, which we can get into maybe a little later, were uh, pointed. Um, <laughs> jeez, everybody's shooting. Left and right. Open, open season. <laughs> no doubt. Goodness. She was taking shots, too. And maybe not nearly as bad as, you know, some others were taking. But, uh, okay, so the Christian Jungle Boy thing. Uh, the Luchasaurus turn, turn, turn frustrates me a little bit. Uh, and I know he never... He, he never touched Christian when he stepped to this. He only stepped to the side. He didn't, you know, when he let Jungle Boy go, which, you know, there's a story way you can, you can make that work, but it just, it, it feels Vince Russo-ish when we just swerve, 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 swerve. Um, so that annoyed me. Cage is injured and was before the match, which is why he had the big brace on his arm. Um, sounds like he's going to be out quite some time, has had surgery. Um, I think I had read, maybe it was a torn tricep. Also the injury that CM Punk unfortunately suffered in his match and then maybe exasperated in the uh, situation afterwards, but it happened during the match. Uh, they're talking CM Punk could be out about eight months, um, with that injury, notwithstanding any of the other stuff going on. Uh, so if Christian Cage is out, maybe in that same time frame, I don't know. I haven't read that, but if it is the same injury, you'd think it's roughly the same time frame. Um, I, I can see a storyline reason it makes Jungle Boy more hungry to get his revenge eventually. And when that happens, you know, there'll probably be a big pop. I just, I, I didn't like them putting Cage over here, especially given if he was going to, they knew he was going to be out because they knew Cage wasn't going to be, it wasn't like Cage got hurt in this. Um, totally different if he gets hurt in this and hey, you had a longer term plan, but now it's on the shelf for a few months because he got hurt different story um i just didn't like cage going over here and now jungle what's jungle boy gonna do now he's mad i mean he's gonna go feud luchasaurus okay fine um and i, I even I, heard... in my opinion is i think that was an audible i think because of the christian injury you know what i mean that christian winning gives him the leg up now and it gives jungle boy continued fuel but because that has to be on the shelf now Jungle Boy can go after Luchasaurus. Now, granted, I don't see that taking the same amount of time because now, because again, if we if we say eight months, it probably puts the next realistic opportunity for Christian and Jungle Boy to have a a big match at double or nothing. Right. But that's nine months from now. So Which if Cage comes back in about eight, that would you know. Right. But, <laughs> that might be too soon. They'd actually have like four weeks to build that match. Tony Khan doesn't do that. <laughs> right. So, 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 so that's, that's my opinion. Like I, I, I know that, I know that there was and it's not you, so I'm not picking on you 
and you're entitled to your opinion. Of course, we know this. You and I have every right to feel how we want to feel because we are we view it, we process it all the way we do. Um, I, I my 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 view was, you know, and again, in real time, I was like, wow, like I was more like stunned about what went on. And then when I learned about the injury, then I was like, okay, like I was able to take 10 steps back and go, okay, it now makes more sense to me. And again, is that how you should always, not you, is that how we as wrestling fans should always look at wrestling? Like, do we, do we, do we need that immediate payoff or that immediate justification for the why? Does it have to, does it have to make sense in the moment it happens? And that might be, it's a, it's a broad question. So. Right. And, and I totally could be very guilty of not giving it time to breathe and not giving it time to uh, fully play out. Um, absolutely. Um, and, and there have been times the CM Punk John Moxley thing, you know, I sat on here right after that it happened and went, how the heck are you going to make me interested in this match in two weeks or in a week and a half or whatever it was? And by God, they did it. So kudos, Tony Khan. Well, there are things in his booking that I think, you know, obviously need tightening up continuity. We've talked about some of those things. Um, there are other times where he clearly knows what he's doing. He's got an idea. Other times, yes, I feel like he throws things together at the last minute. Again, talked about that. Uh, this very well could have been an audible. And I have read, you know, some some thoughts that people think that might be the case. Um, and, and maybe it is. And maybe it is to give Jungle Boy something to do moving forward if if the cage thing wasn't going to end here anyways. Maybe, and I kind of thought it was. But maybe it wasn't. And and so now you, you can pivot to Luchasaurus for a little while. Um, they're not going to have an eight month feud. I don't, I don't foresee that. Uh, and, and I do agree when, and, and, and it gives, does give Christian cage a chance when he comes back to say, no, I'm moving on. I'm done with jungle boy. I beat him. Like we're done. Um, and then of course, jungle boy, you know, earns his way back or something to get that match. And I really thought jungle boy was still going to win the match after the beatdown. Like after Luchasaurus beat the Holy tar out of him, I was like, okay, they're going to do the, you know, he's, so resilient that he still ends up winning, even if it's a quick roll-up or something. Um, even when Christian was setting him up for the unprettier, I was expecting him to drop down, grab a schoolboy, and get the one, two, three. Um, not what happened. So I, I didn't love it, but they could make me love it. I, AEW has earned that right for me to say, I didn't love it, but I know you might make me love it in the end. You might make me, or at least make me go, okay, I see what you were doing. Um, I, I see where you were going. So, you know, Hey, part of the, part of the problem of wrestling podcasts, we react in real time to things that aren't one-offs. Um, and so sometimes, you know, there's a zig where we zig, where we want them to zag and, and it all works. I thought the world title match was a really good match. Um, not shocking. Um, say what you will about CM Punk, but the guy knows how to work in the ring. The guy knows how to work big matches in the ring. He knows how to emote um, with his face and his body language and his moves and all of that sort of stuff. And and I got to be honest, and this is, I didn't know that I would ever say this phrase, but here it's going to come right out of my mouth. John Moxley may be the best pro wrestler in the world right now. When you take everything into consideration, is he the absolute best technical catches catch can? Yeah, maybe not. Although he's perfectly fine in that. There's nothing wrong with him in the ring. He's very, very good in the ring. Total package, like 
he gives me stone cold vibes at this point. Now, do I think he'll ever reach that level? Probably not because that was kind of lightning in a bottle. And I don't know that anybody will ever hit that level again. Maybe they will. I hope they do. But he gives me stone cold vibes. Like when that barbed wire shows up on the screen and that guitar chord hits for wild thing, like the crowd pops. Um, just I'm in on Moxley right now. I mean, I know, I know he is a Nets, uh, He's a Nets boy. Let's just say that. He's a Nets boy. Um, but uh, I, I'm in. I'm, I'm there with her. I, he, is, he is top of the chain um, in the world of pro wrestling. Like, now, the idea of a Moxley-Roman Reigns face-off, like, it feels like absolute WrestleMania main event level, top of the mountain kind of stuff. Where in WWE, it, it felt like, oh, that's interesting. It's a good story, but it did. I don't think they ever made it feel like that. But Dean Ambrose was never as over as John Moxley is right now. Um, John Moxley, okay, to me, Blackpool Combat Club was about Brian Danielson, and John Moxley has made Brian Danielson look like the second class citizen of Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, although I don't even feel like Moxley, I feel like Moxley is above Blackpool Combat Club right yeah. now. Like he's yeah. his own thing. Um, and, and and it seems it seems like in the summer, it, even though they are connected, like there there was that line, invisible line. There was that invisible line, sort of drawn. Like they are they are they are a, a, a group, right? But like when you think about it, when is, when is the last time you saw Mox, Danielson, Claudio, and Yuta all all together, other than Blood and Guts, and Danielson wasn't even there because it was right. it was the mixture of. Blackpool Combat Club and the Eddie Kingston War Group. Right. What, I don't have a better name for them. <laughs> right. No, no, and that works. Um, right. I don't know that we've ever seen them all together. They do tend to come out and help each other, you know, when there's somebody's getting beat down, but it always seems like there's one, often Danielson, I'm just noting, uh, who doesn't show up in those fracases. Um, yeah. Mox is just on fire right now. Uh, and we're going to talk about him, I think, here in a minute, too. But um, so should we go to the after? Yeah. Well, I want to I want to know what, what your thoughts. What were your thoughts when Punk wins? The lights go out. We get the video. We get the MJF reveal. The, the, all of that. I, You know, I, I don't know. My personal opinion, I think the MJF Tony Khan stuff started as a shoot, started as a problem. And they eventually came to some sort of an agreement, and it's now they're working together. Obviously, clearly they're working together. Obviously, you know the voicemail was was fine. Um, it, I mean, it was it wasn't a real voicemail. Um, you know, it's not what really happened, uh, but that's fine. I it, story good, good. I'm good. Um, I you know in your intersperse anytime they can intersperse Ring of Honor footage to make and may, help it make sense for things. I think is a great use of the purchase that Tony Khan made of Ring of Honor. Uh, do I wish Ring of Honor itself would get going? Yeah, but I understand there's a lot more to that, you know, than meets the eye. It's not like Tony Khan can just magically, he doesn't own a TV network. He can't put it on a TV channel without somebody paying him for it. So, Jim, every week we say we don't have enough time to watch things and you're asking for more. Come on. I, am. I, I want Ring of Honor. I want, I want him to give me a reason to watch Ring of Honor. Um, well, I first want him to give me Ring of Honor and then give me a reason to watch it. Um, you know, since I was already convinced it was MJF, you know, there was no 
oh moment when that voicemail started um or when the music or when he flipped the uh the scarf over the back which if anybody hadn't been paying enough attention or hadn't been reading a lot of the backstage stuff and all of that maybe they didn't fully know what that voicemail was about um although i think they showed shots of mjf as tony was saying like your your absence and things i think they showed shots of like the promo I feel like they did. Maybe that was on Wednesday, though, too. I could be in, interspersing things together here. Um, but, you know, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good that they didn't have MJF talk. Well, I mean, he just kind of said that belt's coming to me or, you know, just yelling. Um, not a promo. I thought, save that for Wednesday. Give people a reason to tune in on Wednesday. Um, unfortunately, I had a lot of other reasons to tune in on Wednesday, too. That was the thing I felt bad about. And yet... It was also kind of karma biting MJF in the rear end a little bit. So at double or nothing, double or nothing, yeah, double or nothing. Ward that that show should have been about Wardlow. Wardlow got his revenge. He beat down MJF. He all of that. Then the promo happens, and Wardlow became like the seventh most interesting thing happening in the AEW at that point. Like after Sunday, MJF should have been the thing everybody was talking about. And unfortunately, some things that happened afterwards made MJF like the seventh most interesting thing that had happened on that show or on that day. Um, now, I think they got a lot of that steam back on Wednesday. They did a much better job of reclaiming that steam on Wednesday than they did with Wardlow right away. Um, and they're getting there with Wardlow, too. And I think his promo on Wednesday was really good, too, to kind of reestablish who he is and why he matters and all of those kinds of things. Cause I do think he got lost in the shuffle there for a little bit, which seems to happen with that TNT title. Occasionally, I don't quite understand it, but like they feature it really well for a while. And then like, they forget it happens for a little bit and then they feature it. And then like, I don't know. Um, but that title itself has been that way sometimes. Um, but I thought the face off was really good. You know, punk kind of, kind of no selling it like all right you're mjf cool all right like he wasn't scared he wasn't you know and i and i'll be honest i was really looking forward to the promos you know coming between mjf and punk again i enjoyed them very much when they had their feud before i was looking forward to them again but alas i'm not getting them anytime soon um so let's talk about brawl out uh which totally stolen from sean Rassap. so uh that is not my creative uh, that is Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp. If you don't check him out, by the way, honestly, I think he's the, the best going as far as news goes today. Um, they're not a sponsor, so I'm not plugging a sponsor. I'm just saying uh, Fightful has my five bucks a month, and they will continue to have it because I think they're they're worthy of it. Um, and I get all their select stuff just emailed directly into my email, so all I got to do is check my email. I don't have to sit there and scroll Facebook and Twitter all the time. Um but it'll tell me something's going on, and then I know I want to go scroll Facebook and Twitter to see what other people are saying. But um, so the scrum really before brawl out, um, CM Punk goes scorched earth on everybody. So well, the first was, guy, I don't know if you, you know, you didn't watch this live, correct? No, I saw it after the fact. Okay, so I watched this live, and it was weird because the, the I watched it on from their Facebook feed. Which okay. I think is probably the only way you can watch it, but maybe maybe there's another YouTube. way too. Um, the way the way that Facebook like popped in for me, like the the video, like he was already ranting, and I was oh, like, okay. oh, I was like, holy cow, what's going on here? And then it was just like, buckle up, and then like you know, I went from like I told you, I dozed off, right? So this, this was like midnight my time, midnight Eastern. I had a long I had a long day already, um, 
I immediately went from drowsy to like a boost of adrenaline because like I'm listening to these words going, well, what's happening right now? Yeah, it was uh, crazy. So when you watch the YouTube feed, it pops in just before he starts, although he's kind of saying something already to the reporter. And I, I don't know if you've read or, or seen, but it was Nick Hausman, I believe is the guy's name, who started to ask a question. Nick Hausman used to be close friends with Colt Cabana. They used to do improv comedy together and things. And apparently he and Colt have also had a falling out. Uh, I don't know over what, you know, although that was apparently right at the beginning of the YouTube feed, that was kind of what was being talked about between he and Punk. And Punk, of course, knows that this guy used to be friends with Colt because they were probably actually friends together or at least were in the same circle. Um, I also get the feeling that Nick Houseman asked a question about Colt and Tony Khan allowed Punk to answer because Khan kept saying afterwards, I regret not saying no comment when you first asked your question. I regret not saying no comment. Um, now, at some point, Tony Khan probably should have cut Punk off. You're the boss. You realize this thing has gone off the rails real fast. Make a comment about, you know what? We're not going to comment anymore on that. We want to talk about tonight and the events of, of All Out. All Out was a great show, you know, and he didn't do that. And I think the one thing that Tony Khan needs to work on, perhaps, in more of a proactive manner than a reactive manner, because he's been, unfortunately, had to do a lot of reactive stuff lately with the talent meetings he's had to have and the, the, you know, obviously this situation and that, and not that he can control all of this. I'm not trying to lay this all on Tony Khan, although culture is a thing and culture and work environment and all of that starts at the top and Tony, you're the owner. So I think one thing Tony needs to, to do is kind of pull his fanboy back a little bit and be the executive. Um, and, and, the, and the odd part there is, like, he is connected to a professional soccer club and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. Like, you, you, you have pro sports management experience. Now, I don't, I don't want to begin to, to speak to, like, what level that is. But you have to have been around people who, like, modeled this behavior. So then, so then and this is a very, like, broad statement. And it's trying not to, like, throw Tony Khan under the bus. But is he too much of a fanboy in, in his pro wrestling ownership dream that he's letting like his idolatry of CM Punk blind him here? And, and the elite and, and, and um, I, I thought to jump ahead just a second in the scrum, I thought Chris Jericho came out and showed a ton of leadership and maturity. And, you know, as much as I have some like, Jericho's got some beliefs and things that he puts on Twitter that I'm like, maybe just shut up. Don't do that. Um, but again, we can have different belief systems, whatever. That's fine. He impressed the hell out of me at that media scrum. And now, now knowing that some of the other stuff had happened prior to him coming out and it seems he was aware of it. It makes me even more impressed that he basically was coming out and being like, no, we're going to do the professional thing around here. We're, you know, this is what we're going to do. Um, and, and I thought he made some really good points that guys like he and Danielson and Mox have been at that level. They've been at WrestleManias. They have been at, they know how you do things at that level. And some of the young guys got to come along and learn that. And that makes sense in a company like AEW. Um, and Punk should have been somebody who could have helped them do that. 
but I don't think CM Punk can stay out of his own way sometimes. Um, I think Punk has proven to be a little bit thin-skinned um, over the course of his career and his life. And that's just who he is. Okay. But he goes scorch earth on Colt Cabana. Tells the whole his whole version of the story, basically. Which had zero to do with All Out. Had zero to do with anything. Um, although I have heard that Mindy's Bakery makes great muffins. So, hey, if you're ever in Chicago, check out Mindy's Bakery, I guess. But, um... But, but, but not just that. He then shifts to include yes. his colleagues. And I, and, I, and I apologize if I'm jumping in because you probably were going to lay that out too. But that is where like the, the iceberg breaks. Like the iceberg was causing damage and the ships were having to dodge it, right? But this is now we're head on collision with the iceberg when he starts talking about the EVPs. Right. And, and his belief now kind of understanding what he was saying and, and filling in blanks from other people. His belief is that the story that was out there, that he was the reason Colt Cabana got basically demoted, if you want to call that, to Ring of Honor and, and kind of removed from AEW TV, was that Punk was the the catalyst behind that. And he believes that the EVPs released, are the ones who leaked that story or made up that story, since he says it's not true at all. I, I can only speak for Sean Ross Sapp because he's who's, who I listen to on a regular basis. And he has said 100% the people he heard that story from were not the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega or anybody associated with the elite. Um, and that they aren't sources for him at all. Now, would he tell us for sure if it was? I don't probably think so because he's not going to burn his sources. But I also don't think he had to say 100% it wasn't them. He could have just kind of move that to the, like he doesn't have to respond to that as a reporter um and he chose to so i tend to believe that there's no reason he needs to say that otherwise but punk believes it was them and yeah so punk goes scorched earth on the elite they bring up mjf what do you think about this and i'm i took it as very not in character because of everything else that have been being said he said i'm just tired of working with these young dicks that don't know what they're doing excuse my french um but that was the phrase he used i believe um you know, the, I mean, he just, he seemed very annoyed to have to work with MJF again. And not, in the, again, not in a CM Punk character way. Like, some of the things that get said at those scrums, they blur the line between in character and out of character sometimes. But he was very much not in character. Because in character has nothing to do with Colt Cabana. So he started off nowhere near in character and then, you know, stayed as Phil Brooks, not as well, and it's funny because as he's leaving, when all of that wraps up and, and we're watching the the wreckage unfold, it's funny that Tony Young goes, Thanks, Phil. Like because he knew Punk wasn't there at the time. It was definitely right. it was definitely <laughs> Phil Brooks. CM Punk yes. was not at the table. And, and Punk even kind of realized towards the end, I think, like he made a comment about like maybe I should just stop. Like, like well, where was that 20 minutes ago, my friend? Um, because your moment of clarity came way too late. Um, so then apparently he goes in the back, and now there are two very differing stories about how everything went down after that. Punk's side says that the buck, the elite, kicked in his door, shouldered in his door, beat down his door or something, and a brawl breaks out. The elite side is they walked into his room, because Punk did say... If you want to talk, my my locker room is open. Those were words that came out of CM Punk's mouth at the scrum. He said, if you want to talk, my locker room is open. 
The elite side is they took that as an invitation and they walked into the room to talk. It seems, and again, these are allegations. These are There's no video evidence of this, apparently. Um, it seems that CM Punk throws a punch at that point um, and hits, I can't remember, one of the Jacksons. I think it was Nick, um, but it's kind of unimportant which one. And then uh, all hell breaks loose. And there is a brawl. There is a, a chair thrown. Kenny Omega gets bit, apparently, allegedly, by a steel. A steel's in there with Punk because, of course, he and Punk are best friends. Um, Steel's wife is in the room. Punk's dog is in the room, who apparently Steel's wife was kind of watching. Um, who got loose in the arena earlier that day. And that's kind of a funny video if you haven't seen that. Um, but just the whole wheels fall off of this thing. And there's there's a brawl where people get hurt. Punk apparently maybe exasperates the injury he got during the match. Um, and now we've got a fracas on our hands. And it sounds like it went on for like five or six minutes. Um, Tom is not on screen right now for those who are just listening on the audio feed. Uh, so I'm I'm stalling a little bit as I talk about this. In case you're wondering, like, why doesn't he ask Tom what he thinks of this? Tom's off screen just for a minute. He's actually coming back onto the screen. Um, I'll just let him put his earbuds back in here. Um, I was just saying for those who are listening on the audio that if they were wondering why I just kept talking and wouldn't pitch to you for your thoughts on any of this, that you had stepped away from the screen. Because I thought, boy, anybody listening on the podcast, like, shut up, Jim. It's a two-man show. Um, I, but, I hope you saw I, sh I shot you a private message yes, to let you know I why I was dipping out briefly. So I apologize. I saw it after, like, as you were taking the earbuds out and standing up, I was like, what is happening right now? And then I'm like, oh, this private chat. All right. Um, so, Tom, I just kind of ran down the, the alleged course of events um, that apparently Punk throws a first punch. At least that's alleged. Um, you know, Ace Steel was there. His wife was there. The dog was there. There's some conversation about Kenny Omega tried to get the dog out of the room. And that's when Steele thought that Kenny was going after his wife. And that's why he apparently allegedly bit Kenny Omega. And he throws a chair at Nick Jackson at one point. Again, all allegedly. I wasn't there. There's no video evidence. Um, apparently, at least we haven't heard of any. If there is, that would be really interesting to see. Because these stories are so widely different on exactly who who swung first, what happened, all that. But uh Ultimately, you have all of that happen, and on Wednesday, they strip the world title from CM Punk, which would have had to happen anyways because of the torn tricep he apparently suffered in the match, and they strip the trios titles from the Elite, and they do not mention the name CM Punk, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, or Nick Jackson on the show. They are removed from the Open. You, you astutely picked that out. I, I kind of fast-forward the Open, to be honest, um, when I watched the show. And uh, so I didn't, I hadn't caught that, but uh, they're removed from the open. Their names are not mentioned. The reports are that the elite, uh, Christopher Daniels, Michael Nakazawa, and I feel like there was somebody else, Ace Steel, maybe, uh, not Ace Steel, he's Pat, Pat Buck, yep. um, are all suspended um, for some length of time. There's not been anything on how long. And Punk and Steel are at least suspended and maybe done. And it sounds like there are a lot of people who expect Ace Steel for sure is done. Um, and Punk, I don't know, maybe they've got eight months now to figure this out because he, he isn't going to be wrestle, able to wrestle anyways. So I don't know. Maybe you don't have to figure it out. Maybe you can suspend him without pay. 
I don't know. Can I ask a question? You this, can. This, there's so many things to unpack here. The first question I want to ask, just in relation to the whole like CM Punk thing. Yeah. When he came back August of 21, was that a three-year contract, five-year contract? Do you recall any of that? I, I think they having... said multi-year. Okay. So so if it's if it's a three-year, let's just for the sake of an argument, it's a three-year deal. That three years comes. So we just a year one, year two would be next year. Like, does he even get through three years? And, and if not, like, are are we going to look back on this and go, wow, what a missed opportunity? Or are we going to be like, gosh, CM Punk just didn't get out of his own way? Yeah. No, I think that's, I'm just looking here at some stories from back then. Um Tony Khan said it was not a short-term or part-time thing, which obviously we've seen that. Um, yeah, it doesn't have a uh, a time frame, but um, I, I seem to remember reading multi-year, which clearly it's it's been over a year. So, um, yeah, I, and unfortunately, the injury bug just—I mean, wow, what terrible like luck CM Punk has forget this brawl happening. Let's say the brawl doesn't happen again. He would have had two title reigns that would have lasted like five days um, because he got injured both times. Um, what horrible, horrible luck as far as that goes. Forget what you think of CM Punk. Forget what you think of what he did at the scrum. Forget what you didn't think of what happened behind the scenes. Forget what your preconceived notions are because you have some sort of previous relationship or feelings about CM Punk. Just what terrible luck for the guy to get hurt both times. Um, you know, I, I saw one of our, our mutual friends, you know, comment. I I felt CM Punk's behavior at the scrum was unprofessional. I saw one of our friends say, nope, his bosses were being jerks and he, and he called him out. So here's my slight problem. A, the Colt Cabana stuff was unprofessional. It did not need to be talked about. It had absolutely nothing to do with what they were talking about there. So right there, unprofessional. B, okay. And again, knowing our, our mutual friend, I kind of also know some where he's coming from as far as his belief system and, and that sort of thing. And, and I'm good with that. Like, cool. If you happen to be listening to this, we're good. Um, I don't know that's how I would have done it. And if it turns out that actually they weren't even the ones who leaked it, then you're throwing an accusation that's not true. And I'm not saying the elite haven't done some things. There are reports that they're the reason that FTR got pulled from the video game. The fact that FTR is not in their first video game is insane to me. That is stupid. Especially when you hear that they actually had scanned them and done models and all of that sort of stuff. Why would FTR not? They've been in the company way long enough to be in the game. I understand some of the newer people, you know, they couldn't get them done in time to get in the game. That happens every year with WWE too. But um, whatever reason FTR got pulled from the game, if it was any sort of political thing from the elite or anybody, that's stupid and that stuff needs to stop. Um, you know, if the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and anybody else being EVPs is becoming an issue, and let's be honest, a lot of times the boys having power, quote unquote, I did air quotes for those who are not watching the YouTube, doesn't work out really well. A lot of times when you had a wrestler as the head booker, they were booking themselves as champ. They were booking themselves in title matches. They were, you know. A lot of times it just doesn't work out. You're going to, it's hard not to be selfish in those powerful positions. I understand that. 
then maybe they don't need to have those positions, if that's the case. All that being said, Punk didn't have to go scorched earth on everybody the way he did. You also just brought back MJF. That's going to be a big thing. And he basically crapped all over MJF and said, I don't even. If he would have said that guy got beat in like two minutes by Wardlow and then he leaves, takes his ball and goes home for however many months. And now he comes back and thinks he's going to get a world title shot. Heck no, he's going to have to earn it. Okay. In character. Cool. Totally great. Wonderful. Got it. Not what he did. Yeah. And he, and he could have shown some tremendous maturity if he would have, if the cabana question came up and he goes, listen, my, my personal relationship with Scott Colton is not something I'm going to comment on here. Uh, this man to my, to my, it was his left. This man to my left is the owner of the company. He's, he's, he writes the contracts. He signs the contracts. If he wants to comment on it, it's on him. I'm here to talk about a successful year that I've had in AEW and my second world title win. Boom. This, this becomes a non-issue and we're not, and, and again, we're still, he still loses the titles, gets stripped on Wednesday because of the injury, but most likely the fallout and the everything that came after doesn't happen. Like he lit the fuse and then he was like, Oh, and watch this. Then there's gasoline. And then there's um, <laughs> another caustic, uh, you know, element that I'm like, it, it is at one after the other. So I, wanna... I, I put, I put the onus of the blame on him. Hence I'm wearing the young bucks t-shirt today. That being said, I do not absolve the young bucks from their role in this. Um, again, we'll never know the story, right? And may- maybe 30 years from now, Dark Side of the Ring, you know, the, the Punk Elite Saga. when that Season comes out, 92? <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. Um, but no, I feel like if he said his door was open, the Bucks came to interact and say, yo, let, let's, let's just clear the air. And then he threw the first punch, and then he's the one threatening legal action, which is the comment that I've read. What, what an absolute baby. But when you look at CM Punk's history, sadly, even though he's he's he, he's a man of his own marching, he's also been very immature at times. Yep. And and my thing is, if if Punk had an issue with the elite, and I'm not saying this didn't happen, perhaps it did, and perhaps I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt there is absolutely more to the story pre All Out Media Scrum and pre All Out. You know, I mean, in the weeks, months, whatever ahead of time. If you had an issue with the elite, you thought they were the ones who leaked this story or made up this story again in his belief because he said it didn't happen. And and I I don't know. I have no real way to know whether that happened or not. I don't feel like reporting has been very like there are reports that people believe that, but I haven't heard anybody say, yes, I have it 100 percent confirmed it was CM Punk. He did it. Um Doors open two ways. So go and talk to them. Um, don't wait for them to come and talk to you and don't bury them and to almost entice them to come and talk to you. Um, yeah, I just don't, it all didn't have to happen that way. Like you said, the maturity he could have shown in saying that Scott Colton thing we're not even going to talk about. I have my own opinions about it and I could get very fired up about it. I don't want to. Because we're going to talk about this. Um, You know, there are plenty of examples of coaches and players in other sport world, sports world, the sports world. Goodness gracious, I can't talk. Um, 
The world of sport. It's not good. Not good when we do a podcast and I can't talk. Um, Where they've done that, you know. I mean, Bill Belichick, I think, is like the king of. He's only going to talk about what he wants to talk about that day. And honestly, I think that's what CM Punk did. He talked about what he wanted to talk about. Problem was, wasn't what he should have been talking about in a public matter like that. I just. And then Tony Storm comes out later in the in the thing and said, Thunder Rosa says she's hurt. Okay, whatever. When she decides she's not hurt, she can come back and face me and lose. Okay. And and in the, in which I don't think that's in character. I think that's a shoot. That was a um, shoot too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt that way anyways. But, but but I love that they have like they have Izzy, who's a youth reporter. They have the AJ Awesome show kid. Um, they're like, tell us about your team with uh uh, thunderstorm and what you're gonna do and then like and then she like gives that and then goes back into character and is like yeah well we're a team still and you know we're gonna fight it again but but not before watch, watch me watch me lay out this trail of uh of uh of dynamite or, or powder uh you know combustible powder <laughs> but i also love that tony khan went all right <laughs> like i mean like he couldn't even do anything at that point and i think he also had to be like he of course Maybe knew, maybe didn't know about the brawl piece yet. I know somebody came and talked to him at one point, and so I don't 100% know when he knew that. Well, Tony Storm was before Jericho, correct? Yes, Swerving okay. Our Glory was second, and then Tony Storm, I think. Okay, so if you hadn't noticed this, and I think someone, I didn't notice it as well, and it wasn't, I noticed it, but it wasn't clear to me. When Jericho is done, and again, Jericho gets, Jericho is the true leader. And, I, and, and, and have you seen his promo from Wednesday yet? Yes. Okay, so that promo builds on, the, yeah, the fallout from. I mean, it's it's in character and it's it's building towards the what's to come, but it also takes elements of this. There, there I, were notes. I, yes. Yeah, I love that. As he's getting up and leaving, he kind of whispers in Tony Khan's ear, and he's and I've and I've heard or I've read. I haven't heard anything. I read. Um, it, he he clued Tony in to go, yo, something went down. When 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 this is all done, we gotta like we gotta circle up. So, and again, the fact that Tony Khan still continued to do the presser after that, again, professionalism, it's actually rather interesting because I think the comments that Tony Khan makes about his anger towards WWE materializes. And I'm pretty sure that's probably exclusive to what's to what went on last weekend and, and, and whatever fallout is between he and I'll say Triple H, but I don't know that it's Triple H. Right, um, right. And then and then hearing that Classic the Castle was booked way before Triple H for sure. So. Yeah, your 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 top talents got into a physical altercation. Uh, which, by the way, I don't know if you saw the UFC presser got canceled yesterday because they had fighters in the back. And I'm like, what is going on, guys? I did. It's in the water. Something's in the water. Goodness gracious. Um. So then the aftermath comes around. So so I think we've hammered kind of our feelings on on fault and that sort of thing. And before we get there, uh, yeah, are, do, are, what 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 is the our media scrums done? No. Okay, I I agree with you, and I and, no. I, and I don't think you you halt them because of this. I think I think unfortunately what you're going to have happen most likely is maybe a shift in trying to maintain some some kayfabe to them and making sure Perhaps. people remain in character. Or I, or I also think what, what I think also needs to happen maybe is before the next pay-per-view, maybe they do another one of these talent meetings that they've been having a little bit more regularly. Now they apparently used to have them pretty regularly in the daily's place days when everybody was, you know, when it was the no, no crowd or very sparse crowd, you know, spread out all that kind of stuff at Jacksonville. 
Um, and then they kind of gotten away from them. And sounds like now they're having them more with all of the situations that have come up. But uh, I, I think, again, this is where I think Tony Khan needs to be a leader. And he needs to have a, a meeting with everybody and say, hey, we're going to keep doing these scrums. Here's what's expected. And here's what is absolutely unacceptable. And if at any point you feel like you can't hit those boundaries, please let me know. And I'll pull you from the scrum. Like, and that and that's okay. Like, if you don't think we can, you can do that on a certain day for any reason. Like, you're fired up about something. Just come to me and let me know, and we'll just go ahead and excuse you from the scrum. And that's fine. There'll be no heat on that. There'll be no problem. Um, but we'll just do that, and and so that we we don't have these. You know, I want people to be fiery. I want people to be. You know, I, I want people to talk about the media scrum, but I want them to talk about the media scrum for the right reasons. Uh, and. You know, there were some things maybe, especially in one situation, um, little shots. Like, I didn't think Tony Storms, like, apparently there's zero heat on Tony Storm. And I didn't think necessarily that was in a vacuum. If the CM Punk thing hadn't happened, I don't even know if we'd really be talking about the Tony Storm comment. Like, it might be like, a, oh, did you catch that comment? Woo, that was something. And then you just move on. Because Swerve had a couple of comments that were, you know, he was taking some shots at the acclaim, too. I felt like those were a little more in character. Um, but I don't, I also don't feel like, I, I don't know the difference between Swerve character or not. Like, I don't know that personal side of him as much as I feel like maybe we've seen that with Punk before. Um, and Storm just, Tony Storm just comes off as a almost kind of meek and mild person in real life. And maybe she's not. Like, obviously, I don't know the woman at all. Um, so when she took that shot, I was just a little like, whoo, didn't see that coming from a Tony Storm. Um I did like when she came up and she said it really is Tony time because you had Tony Storm and Tony her, uh, Tony Khan and maybe Tony Nice should have come out too. Although he was just going to get destroyed on Wednesday night, so maybe not. Um, now I don't think scrums are done, but I think there need to be some more guardrails put up on the scrums a little bit, um, metaphorically speaking. So the aftermath comes on Wednesday. We've already talked about the world title and the trios titles get vacated. Um, I, I made the little comment before. So it, we talk about our fantasy wrestling league on here a lot. I happen to own CM Punk, Kenny Omega, and Matt Jackson. Um, I think it's Matt, one of the Jacksons. Uh, and our friend Annette owns Nick. So of those, uh, thankfully, I guess I got the title win points on Sunday, but then I immediately, with no defenses, uh, which also earn extra points, got title loss points uh, for all three of those gentlemen, which is just flipping amazing. At least I own Penta as well. So I got some title win points on the trios titles. I think Death Triangle was a really good pivot uh, to put those trios titles on for the first time. Uh, my initial would have been House of Black, but as we've talked about, you know, with Malachi apparently being done at least for now, uh, if not forever in AEW, uh, obviously that wasn't an option. Um, otherwise, I would have loved them as as those champs. The minute I saw who that match was going to be, I was like, oh, Death Triangle's winning that one. They're not putting the trios belts on Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. Sorry. It's not happening. Um, I did think though, and I'm guessing because Hangman got announced for the tournament, this is why they didn't. Why wouldn't you put Hangman, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver in that decision match? Like they had gotten all the way through the tournament. I don't know, but I'm guessing it's because Hangman was already involved in the world title situation. Well, and, and they, they noted an injury in in Dark Order in their backstage segment as well, and I don't know if it was Reynolds or Silver. Oh, one of them was hurt too. Okay, I missed that. I, when I, they think, were I think so because oh, okay. and, and, and and that 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 that. If that if I did see that and hear that correctly, that gets missed quickly because um who's the Andrade uh courier? What's his name? 
uh, Jose? Jose comes and I think uh, presents uh, 10 and goes, hey, Andrade wants you part of our crew. Right, they're trying and, to... And that's, and that's the focus of, of that segment. While okay. that becomes the focus of the segment, even though they do, I think, previous to that, note an injury. Oh, okay. I guess when I heard that, I thought it was Preston Vance's injury that... And I, I, I'm thinking it might be injury that, uh, you know, removed him from the, the trios. Anyways, uh, they also announced a tournament of champions, which I thought was an interesting uh, way to go with that. They gave buys to Chris Jericho and John Moxley and put them directly into the semifinals. And then you had Hangman Page against Brian Danielson. Wow. Um, that's fun. Uh, on Wednesday and then on Friday here tonight, you're going to get uh, Sammy and Darby. And the winner of that gets to go lose to John Moxley. I mean, gets to face John Moxley next week. Wow, um, wow, Jim, talk about I, scorched earth. No, <laughs> it, it's, it's the truth. Ain't no chance Moxley's not in that finals. Um, interesting tournament setup. Um, I get because you wanted to get it done in two weeks. Why you do the buys for Jericho and uh, and Mox? Um, if I'm Hangman, I'm a little ticked because I'm the only former AEW world champion in that tournament that didn't get a buy. I think they could have played off that a little bit, but they, they really didn't. Um, I, okay. We got to crown another champion. Tony Khan has to be just like his head spaghetti spinning between interim champions tournaments. Like, you know, we just did a tournament for an interim, a kind of mini tournament for an interim champion. And now we got to do another tournament for the world champion. And then we did a tournament for the trios. And now we got to crown new trios champions. Like a poor guy just can't, you know, win for losing right now. Um, what did you think of the names involved in the world title tournament? Again, with it being a shorter tournament, I, there are lots of other names I would have loved to have seen involved, but I understand if that's what you wanted to do is go ahead and get a champion crowned at, at Grand Slam, which makes some sense. It's a major event coming up. And how much longer do you want to go without a champion when it's been kind of in flux all summer? Um, and then do you have a pick for what the finals will be and, um, who you think is going to win the thing? So I'm good with the names. I don't like the Darby Sammy match only because I don't want either guy to take a loss. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel, feel like, like they both need a win in the singles. I I'm picking Darby tonight. I haven't yeah, seen the I, I, Yeah. I'm picking Darby too, but then I don't like the fact that Darby has to lose to Mox because I do think you're right. That person is going to lose to Mox unless there's something goofy. Um, you know, here's the, I want to, I'm, this is not my pick, but if you really wanted to go kind of crazy, uh, crazy good, Darby wins the title here. Darby, Darby beats Sammy. Darby beats Mox, whether by hook or by crook or something from outside that gives Mox uh, a few down the line. Um, and then whoever comes out of the top, um, that could be amazing. And and then if it, 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 it like, like the homicide ring of honor title run, the, the, the story is not in the, in the win. it's, it's in the chase. So granted the chase isn't long here, but then you have MJF cash in and how, how good to have MJF cash in immediately on Darby because Darby doesn't need that title to stay over, but like resume wise, it'd be nice to say, Hey, he's a former AW world champion. And then, and then it gives you a, a feud because it appears to be house of blacks done. Darby now moves on Darby MJF for the title after, after this happens could be a path. I'm not advocating for it. I'm not saying it's what I think is going to happen. Just throwing that out there for the sake of it. I think we're going to get 
Moxley and Danielson. That's my pick for the final. Mox did such a great job this summer. I want him to have the strat back, but I like him actually without the title because I think it gives him a little bit more fire. Um, but Danielson doesn't need the belts either. But I feel like if you had Danielson have it and then you had him have a great run between now and full gear, no, revolution. That would be beginning that of next would, year. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think it's Mox and Danielson. I think that's a big match. Um, I know they did it, you know, before as they started the, the Blackpool Combat Club, but here where it's for the world title, like that, I think you can play into that with the Blackpool Combat Club. That, yeah, we're a brotherhood, but hey, the world title is the world title, and like we're gonna throw down. Um, and I think it would be I. Of the four that are left in, I think it's the best match um, for the world, the best big match you can do for the world title. Um, I, I don't need Chris Jericho in the world title picture. Uh, I think Jericho is fine where he is. I thought the match with Mox was fine. I don't need to see that again, though. We just saw it. Um, I, you know, Darby would be interesting, especially if they do the MJF, because MJF on Wednesday was quick to, or was sure to say uh, when he was in the middle of his babyface promo at the beginning which was so weird and yet also gave me a chance to go someday that guy's going to be a big baby face i wish they would have run with it to be honest with you i i, I the fact i mean it made sense that mox came out and called his bluff and then he was like yeah you're right i am i'm truly a jerk in the end if they had tried to tease that out and, and, and here's why i think teasing that out could have been good because if it's not darby in within the scenario i threw out just armchair booked that and it's not danielson if it's Mox and then MJF cashes in, that could make a lot of sense, and it and it would and it would fuel some things down the line, and it tells a longer story in AEW. Plus, it would connect back to if they hadn't gone the other way on Wednesday, which they did, and having Mox come out and call his bluff, and then he's like, "Yep, you're right. I hate Buffalo. I hate fat people. Everyone's a jerk. You're a jerk. Whatever, whatever. I'm really a bad guy. I am the devil." Um, if you would have said no, Mox, like. I've had I've I've had clarity, you know, and like if they could have built that in the weeks to come, and then boom, he snaps on Mox. I don't know, like people would have said, yeah, I knew it, I knew it, but it would right. have been fun TV for three weeks. Right. No, I agree. I liked his almost like happy-go-lucky self in that opening, like the beginning of the promo. You know, when he said Tony's paying me a boatload of money, <laughs> and you know, and but he but the point I was saying was, you know, he made a point that he's got a title shot whenever he wants so it is kind of a money in the bankish chip um i am glad he's not carrying that big stupid chip around with him though i the chip is dumb i it gotta come up with a better option uh he has the ring stupid. on one pinky and then he needs to have the chip around his neck friggin chip yeah like public enemy right like yeah um flavor flav there we go that was what i was looking for um yeah that chip just looks dumb every every time anybody grabs it like brian cage scorpio Stokely Hathaway, it was like three quarters the size of Stokely Hathaway. Um, like one, one that chip, that chip is dumb. Um, so I think it's gonna be interesting. The thing, so I think it's Mox and Danielson. Certainly, the promo battle on Monday or on Monday on Wednesday, excuse me, um, leads you to think Mox could win it. We're going towards Mox MJF. MJF could cash in right away at Grand Grand Slam, and I think that would be a huge thing, and it's New York, and it's all of that kind of stuff. But I, I, I want to be careful because Mox 
just beat Punk for the title and then lost the title a week later. And now if he wins the title and then loses it the same night, like that's a lot of really short, you know, I don't know that it hurts Mox. I just want to be a little careful of doing that to him. Um, if I, if I'm con, like if I'm booking it, um, I, I say, I want to be careful. Like I have any say in any of this, <laughs> if I'm the one booking it, I want to be careful of that. Um, I think I like your idea of Danielson. I've been thinking that way too. I think Danielson eventually is going to get a run with that belt. He should. Um, and I think there's a lot of fresh matches and MJF versus Brian Danielson is something we have not seen. I, I don't believe has ever happened. Um, and it's really interesting. And I think the promos there would be different, but just as good um, as they will be with Mox. Um, I thought the the promo exchange between Mox and, and MJF was absolute fire on Wednesday. And then Mox's like rah-rah speech basically that he gave um, kind of saying like, yeah, we're in the dark, you know, some dark stuff has happened. Basically that was kind of the only little mention of that stuff that had happened outside of just that he, that Tony Khan vacated the titles. Um, I did think it was good. A lot of times they say Tony Khan has a major announcement and then Tony Khan doesn't show up. Tony Schiavone tells you the major announcement. I thought it was good that Khan actually was on screen, gave the announcement, but that they did it, they got it done. And then they moved on. Um, they didn't dwell on it. They, they, Hey, here's what we're doing. Isn't this tournament exciting? Isn't this trios match exciting? Um, I thought that was good for AEW, but, um, yeah, I thought Mox's kind of rah-rah speech that he gave was, was phenomenal. Um, Mox is one of those guys, if he grabs a mic, I'm immediately interested. I know I'm going to be pulled into whatever he's doing. I had, I had made the connection or the connection is not the right word suggestion. Uh, quite a while ago that I Mox gave me a lot of Rowdy Rowdy Piper vibes and that I think he can talk you into believing in whatever he's doing um, and is still very good in the ring. I think Mox is probably better than Piper was in the ring, to be perfectly honest. Um, but character-wise, he gives me a little bit of Rowdy Piper. He also now gives me that Stone Cold vibe, as I mentioned. Um, and those are not bad people to be compared to in the world of pro wrestling by any means for John Mox. Not that how I compare it means anything to John Moxley, but those are those are two guys that I think of when I, I see Mox. And I've had the Piper vibe from Mox since back in his like Dragon Gate USA days. Like that was that was the comparison I had in my head. Um yeah, I think Danielson would be really interesting. I, I don't as much as I think it would be a, a pop if MJF cashed in there, I don't I, I want to tease that out for a while. I want MJF to have that be his ace in the hole. Like at any point here, I'm going to be the world champ and you don't know when, and you don't know when, uh, you know how, but, and Tony Khan doesn't want me as the world champ. The, the last thing the boss wants is me to cash this thing in and I'm going to hold it over everybody's head and be a jerk until I am the champ. Well, and here's the million dollar question. And I truly feel this is a million dollar question because there's, there's probably money to be made here. MJF clearly showed that he was over and people wanted to cheer him on Wednesday. Even after he went the other direction, I think there was still a segment of the audience. People love getting called fat by him, champ. I don't know why it is. Like, like insult me next. Like, I feel like that's what they're doing. <laughs> that's the next Great. sign that someone's holding up. Um, the, even, even, even after that, people still wanted to cheer him. They're in New York for the next two weeks, next Wednesday, and then Grand Slam. I just, had the, I just had the realization of disappointment, and this is nothing that you and I can do because it's life. We can't talk about anything in the next two weeks until after it happens. So when we do come back later in the month, 
I, we're gonna we're gonna have a big conversation because there's gonna be at least in the AEW scope uh, of of pro wrestling, and I'm sure there'll be more beyond that as well. Um, does the audience force MJF to turn to turn to be turned, or does he live in that nebulous space where he really is a heel, but it's okay that he gets cheered and 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 respond if you like, but also that can be rhetorical, and we can see how the next couple of weeks plays out because. In this day and age and in the pro wrestling landscape, it always makes me wonder what can someone do to be truly hated and booed? And I feel like MJF has been the last kind of true heel, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, in the business. And and yeah, he's, again, a lot of times in, in wrestling, when you're that good of a heel, you're going to be that good of a baby fit. Like eventually they're going to turn you. Um, you know, I think Roman is the closest thing right now to a true heel. And and it seems like they are falling into a little bit of a trap of always having, you know, the, the bloodline interfere and those sort of things. For a while they weren't though. Like the bloodline might get involved, but eventually it was a clean win from Roman cleanish i guess even if the bloodline got involved earlier it didn't lead directly to the finish where you know clash the castle it did um yeah it's hard to be a true heel and not eventually have in this day and age the crowd be like we love that you're such a you know bad mm, i want to watch how many times i swear on this we're gonna get flagged on youtube um but um you know i it it is going to be hard for them to keep mjf as a heel you know, it was kind of like when they tried to kind of have Mox be a heel a little bit with Punk and that people aren't going to boo Mox. They're, it, it, the guy's over like Rover right now. Like, But they also know CM Punk wasn't going to get booed in Chicago. So they had to try to play off that a little bit. Um, I think you kind of got to go where the crowd's taking you. For instance, I thought the uh, Swerve in Our Glory did a really nice job of kind of pivoting to play a little more heelish character during characters during their tag title match at All Out when the Acclaimed was clearly over. By the way, spoiler alert, I think the Acclaimed do win the title. Even though you and I both had them winning the titles all out, I think they win them at Grand Slam. Um, because I think everybody looked at it afterwards and was like, yeah, we probably should have done it there. Let's do it at Grand Slam. Um, well, and the crazy thing is there were like three spots in that tag match, which we didn't talk about, and, and, it, and it added to the story, where like, again, Swerve and Keith Lee just collide. They're not on the same page. Like they're they're they're, And it's more so... Actually, it's, it's, I think it's a mix of both, but they're hitting each other. So their chemistry, like whether that's a story or not, their chemistry isn't there. So I'm thinking that's going to lead to when they do drop the belts, but there's going to be that underlying, that underlying tension that we are not naming, but it's there. That's going to be why when they collide, it's going to be really good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I did think it was interesting at the scrum too. I can't remember who the reporter was, but they kept asking like, was there any consideration of calling an audible, like very not kayfabe and Keith Lee and Swerve were trying to stay kayfabe about it. They're like, look, you got to beat us. Like that's just all there is to it. And they're like, right. But would it be a good time to call an audible and go ahead and drop the titles? And they're like, they want the titles. They got to come and beat us. And I'm like, you got to stop asking about the audible. They're not going there. It's the one, it's the one uh, talent that stayed in character the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, I love Swerve's comment too about like he takes this very seriously. I think I take it more seriously than Keith sometimes. And I was like, oh, see, another little dig. Like just 
the seeds are all there, like when they eventually do explode. Um, yeah, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how this continues to play out. AEW has my attention. They always have. They have it more so now, maybe not for all the right reasons, unfortunately. Um, but let's see. I think, so Punk's gone for eight months-ish. Uh, look for a drop to be coming soon. Really glad I kept him between 15.1 and 15.2. He did absolutely nothing but kill my season. Um, I think you might have gotten some positive points. Have you gone back and done the math? No. I think you, I think you probably got like at least plus four. Plus three. Good. Because there's nobody on my team from last year that could have gotten me more than plus three for the dang season. Um, thanks for trying to make me feel better. Um, I'm, looking, I'm looking for that silver lining. It's like, hey, the queen passed away yesterday. Uh, queen Elizabeth II. There was a double rainbow. So, you know. <laughs> right, right. Never mind that someone died. Um, uh, but... um. As did your as did your fantasy wrestling season. My fantasy wrestling season, yes, thank you. Um, I don't know, whatever. So Punk's gone for eight months. That's what I was trying to say. Sorry. Yeah, no, I've completely derailed you. <laughs> I think how long the elite are gone is going to be interesting to see. Um, and apparently there's a third party investigation going on, so I assume that will play into this quite a bit. Um, simply the fact that Tony Khan went ahead and stripped the trio's titles tells me they're probably not back next week by any means, you know. If he thought it was just going to be a one-week thing, he probably would have just been like, we're just not going to talk about that tonight. We're going to, you know, we'll, we'll get back to it. But obviously, he he must think it's going to be a longer-term thing, or he's thinking longer-term. I think it's going to be interesting. I, You know what? There's a part of me, if, if depending on how the investigation would come out, what, and whatever Tony Khan learns, whether we learn anything or not, is unimportant. Um. If it turns out that there's enough blame to go around on all sides here for this ugly, ugly situation, like sit the elite for the rest of the year if you have to. Our friend John brought up, and I agreed with him. There's plenty of talent, plenty of talent in that company. If if you need to sit them for a year or the rest of the year, excuse me, um, because of their role in this situation, and if you need to strip them of their EVP titles and just they're going to be talent and they're you know shut up, show up to work basically. Um, it's not like, you know, they're going to have to scrape the barrel and all of a sudden Fuego del Sol is going to be the main eventer. I mean, they got talent. Nothing against Fuego. I like Fuego. But um, they got plenty of talent in that. that company. Yeah, my only yeah. response is selfishly, I don't want that to be the case for sure. Kenny Omega. I, I don't either, selfishly, because I do still own him in uh, FWL and the Jacksons, but uh, one of them. Anything else about the craziness, AEW? We've gone an hour 46 already, so I want to... No, well, I mean, and that's just the thing. Like, from... from, from it, was, it, was a, it was a pretty unbelievable story from 12.15 a.m. Eastern Time Sunday until 8.15 p.m. Wednesday. And, 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 and that's not the end of it. There's still going to be things to come. So the repercussions and the ripple effect will be will be worth noting in the in the weeks and months to come. Absolutely. And like you said, when we come back in a few weeks, might be another hour 46. And we, and, and again, we didn't even talk about the idea that these are top talents and they may never even, the, the one thing I read was they may never even be in the same place at the same time. Imagine that. Imagine CM Punk is a top guy, but, but the weeks he comes to TV, you can't have the Bucks and Kenny there. 
or vice versa. Like, like what craziness? Like again, and I, again, that's we're, we're projecting the worst case scenario, I imagine. But is that unlikely? Probably not. Yeah, yeah, insane. Well, let's talk NFL real quick, Tom. The NFL season has begun. It began last night. The Bills whooped up on the Rams. Uh, Josh Allen throwing dimes all around to everybody, uh, except for Dawson Knox, which would have been really nice in one of my leagues. Um, I have both Allen and Knox in that league, and Allen got me a ton of points. Knox, nothing. I think he got me like a half a point. Um, But uh, let's make some picks. Talk about our division winners and our wild cards, at least. Um, did you want to talk championship and Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I we can. And, and, okay. and I'm going to just offer this preface before we get into this. I did a, did an NFL season simulation where I went and picked who I thought would be the winner and loser of every single game for all 17 weeks, wow. 18 weeks, except for last night's game. Um, and, and here's the thing. In my pigskin pick them thing that I do, I picked the Rams in a different – Thing, I picked the Bills. So clearly I, I could have gone either way, and I did go either way in those. Yeah, so I got one right last night. Um, outside of that outcome, I, I send the rest of the year. So my picks and my the, what you're going to hear from me directly outside of the playoffs, the standings and the, the seeds come from that sim. And to tell you that I was surprised <laughs> and maybe Homer-ish <laughs> will, will, <laughs> will maybe not surprise you. Well, I was going to say before we talk about picks, should we at least talk about our own teams? Perhaps we should wait on yours uh, because it sounds like that might be a storyline we talk about in a moment. Um, So uh, anybody who's listening to this, if you don't happen to know, if you've joined us since maybe the last NFL season, I am a diehard Chicago Bears fan. Tom is a diehard Detroit Lions fan, which means for the last number of years, we have both learned to deal with disappointment. Um, And we have both learned how to deal with uh, lowered expectations, perhaps. I was on the fence at one point in my NFL fandom of saying I will no longer be a fan of the Lions. I've never done that with any other professional sports team in the state of Michigan. I've never done that with a college team that supported the Michigan Wolverines. And there have been some bad things happening. The Lions are the only one that have, been, that have had that emotional and mental effect on me. Granted, I have never jumped ship yet, but I, but I, I threatened it, and they heard me loud and clear. And did you did you already have a new favorite team kind of picked out? Do you have like a number two that you would you would have pivoted to? Um, so I and it's shifted. I, I don't like them as much as I thought I liked them before. I, I used to be a, a pretty big fan of the Eagles and the Raiders, but I don't I don't I don't I don't have them. I don't care for them as much as I used to. Um, I think I default now to Cincinnati because that's my son's favorite team. Um, and I, and, I, and I really do love Josh Allen. I think I, I like Josh Allen three years ago before he broke out. And because yep. I knew I knew this was coming, um, but you know, no one knows that. It's me and my heart and my head. So people listening and go, "Yeah, likely story, buddy." Way to jump right. on the Bills bandwagon, <laughs> right? Everybody knew the Bills were going to be real good eventually, right? Yeah, because they had a long run there of not being so hot. Um, yeah, Bears fan here, and uh, the Saints are my number two because I fell in love with the city of New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, so the Saints since then, uh, for the last eight nine years, whatever that's been. Um, seven, eight years. Uh, that's been more than that because I've lived out here eight years, 16 years. Goodness gracious. Because uh, I went to uh, New Orleans eight years uh, for eight years after Katrina, and I've lived out in Nebraska now eight years. Uh, so 15, 16 years, uh, the Saints have been my number two. So uh, 
but but I haven't threatened to get rid of the Bears, although I would under I think people would understand why at times. Um, I, I will tell you, last year uh, when we made these picks, I had the Bears in the playoffs, and I was very very wrong. Um, so I hope I'm very very wrong again because I do not have the Bears in the playoffs this year when we get there. So I, I'm really intrigued to see because that that's a like big task you took on of picking all the winners. Like, did you have a program you used or did you just like hand, I know you're big into like, just write it all out. Yeah. Normally I do. Right. Normally I go and I'm like, okay, like, and I put tally marks. Like if they win, they, they, right. get, they get a win, if they get a loss. Like, and just, and it's not a perfect science. It's very old school, but um, I did actually find a website where you can simulate the entire year and you can pick week by week by week. And you can just go do, 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 pick, pick the logo, hit week two, week three. And, yeah. So and then it pumps it all out. All right. Yep. Yeah. And then and then it keeps the standings as the season goes on. And I made I made oh, sure to not look at those because I didn't want to be influenced. Like, oh, I'm I'm definitely giving this team way too many wins, which you might laugh at as you hear my picks here in the next few minutes. I'm not gonna give you the win totals. I'm just gonna give you a Oh, I'm I'm gonna be asking the win totals. Maybe not here on on the air. I maybe I'll make you put that on a recording. I've but, already uh, I've already closed that window. I I, I let I let that I sunset that <laughs> thought in my mind. Um, so I didn't have to be reminded. Can't ever be opened again. Yes. All right. So um, <laughs> so so yeah. So uh, let's, let's AFC go. Or NFC. Let's go AFC. Um, actually, let's go. Let's go. Um, divi- uh, division, division by division, conference by conference. So so AFC North, NFC North. AFC or East, East, North, Southwest, East, North, Southwest. All right. I'm going to let you be the the host and tell us which one we're doing. Cause that is not the order I have them written, which is fine. Um, sure. But that way I, I stay with it. So I mean, everyone who AFC. knows that listens to this show knows how much we plan Jim. So yes. like I said, don't excuse that. Don't, That's right. <laughs> Don't try to yeah. don't try to uh, make it make you know make up for it. Now. Although you did, I, I don't know if that's research necessarily where you simulated out the season. Um, I, I guess it could be considered research for these these picks. Um, it's not research in that you're looking for facts, but you did you did more prep work for this than we probably do for any of our wrestling talk outside is, of watching it. That is true. Uh, okay, so my for me um, in the AFC North. I have the winning team, uh, the champion of the, I'm sorry, East, not North, AFC East. I was just going to say, I thought we were starting with the East, but okay. Sorry, sorry. I don't know. Something about the North is in my head today. Um, AFC East, I have the Bills being the champion of the AFC East. For the NFC East, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. And I have those exact two teams as well, the Bills and the Eagles winning those divisions. For the AFC North, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Green Bay Packers for the NFC North. Yeah, I have the same as well. The Bengals and the Packers. I am I'm not a hundred percent sold on the Packers by any means. I think their wide receiver core is very unknown, obviously. Um you know, if any quarterback can make an unknown wide receiver core look good, it's probably Aaron Rodgers. And I hate to say that because A, as a Bears fan, I don't want to say anything nice about the Packers. And B, I just I don't like Aaron Rodgers as a person. I think he's a jerk. Um, so yeah, it pains me to say that. I do think Minnesota is going to give them a run for their money this year. I think it's going to be very interesting to see Minnesota's offense with the Rams coordinator being their new head coach. Um, but for now, I've got the Packers. I won't be shocked if I'm wrong on that. But it, it's, it's super weird. Detroit sounded sounded really weird when you just said it out of your mouth. It sounded like you said Minnesota, but I know you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I would. I honestly like. 
and maybe it's just because I've never had a reason to hate Detroit because they've been so bad for so long. Um, so they've never been like, oh, we got to get past Detroit. You know, I, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, it's just the honest truth. Yeah. So like if Detroit, if the Bears don't win the division, which I don't expect them to win the division, like Detroit would be the one I'd rather see because we've had to battle Minnesota. We've had to battle Green Bay. Detroit's kind of always been that other team in the division. Um, I would rather see Detroit win the division than either Green Bay or Minnesota. If it's not the Bears. So, so if it came down to it, I'd be pulling for Detroit in that situation. Here's hoping that you have to. Uh, in the AFC South, um, my opinion, the worst uh, division in all of the NFL. I don't uh, think I, that's I, even arguable. <laughs> Water is also wet. Uh, I, have, I, I, have, I have Indy as my as my winner there. I'm really ticked that somebody from that division has to make the playoffs. I don't think they should have. Like, there's going to be a worthy team in the AFC that gets left out of the playoffs because the South has to have their champion in the playoffs. I agree. Yep. And then I have Tampa Bay in the NFC. We are uh, of like mind. Uh, I have both the Colts and the uh, the Bucks as well. I, you know, uh, I've been listening to Matthew Barry's new podcast from the NBC Sports uh, World, and uh, the guy he has who hosts with him is from Australia. Um, not that that means anything, but uh, also they talk a lot about like what betting odds are for different things, which I think is kind of interesting. I don't do a lot of sports betting because it's not legal in Nebraska, so I would have to do it online and through something that doesn't use your location. Um, Maybe someday we'll be allowed to, you know, decide what to do with our own money in the state of Nebraska. But anyways, that's a different story. Um, but the, he said one of the the trendiest picks right now is the Jaguars to win that division because it's such a mess of a division and because they're plus 750. So if you lay a $100 bet and you're at right, you win 750 bucks. I mean, it wouldn't stun me. Like, anybody could win that division, except Houston. I don't think Houston has a shot in the world. Um, but any one of the other three, the Jags could get remarkably better. I think they've got a much better uh, culture and coaching system down there right now with uh, P Peterson than they ever did with Urban Meyer. So, again, culture matters a lot. We talked about that earlier with AEW. It does. Um, so then lastly, to round us out for the divisional uh, wins, um, on the opposite end, the the most exciting division in all of pro football, the AFC West, I have Kansas City uh, by a hair winning that division. Uh, and then I have the Rams still coming out of the NFC West. Yeah, I have the Rams as well. I, I think that also is going to be a really good division, three out of the four teams anyways. Uh, I think the Seahawks are going to be one of the worst teams in football probably this year. Uh, but I think the Rams, Cardinals, and, and Niners are going to beat each other up. Uh, all season long. So I think that's going to be really fun to watch. Um, and uh, I have the Chargers winning the AFC West. So I have them coming out. Again, that's going to be a tough one. All four of those teams are at least good. I don't think all four teams could make the playoffs. Like I know, yes, there are three wild cards, so that could. I just think because they play each other so much, somebody's going to have a record that doesn't get in. But I do think it's very possible, even perhaps likely, as I look at my uh, – my um what do i want to say wild cards that we could get three teams out of that division possibly into the playoffs all right so then on the afc side of things my wild card teams in order the fifth sixth and seventh seeds are the denver broncos the baltimore ravens and the las vegas raiders so i don't even have the chargers making the playoffs now granted that last seventh spot could easily be the Chargers, depending on who beats up whom 
in that last conference, but I'm giving, and I love the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert is fantastic. I think their receiving core, I think their running back core, they have all the parts and pieces. It's to me, what they're experiencing potentially now, the best example I can give, and I feel bad for Chargers fans, is probably when Phillip Rivers was there and they were so competitive, but they just couldn't get over the hump. I feel like that's where the Chargers are right now for me. So those are my those are my three wild cards in the AFC. See, and I, that's that's where we differ. I think they're getting over the hump this year. So um, uh, I have the Broncos and the Ravens as well. Um, so our one difference, and then I have the Chiefs uh, as a wild card. So and is, and that, is it in that playoff. order at all for you, or is it? I, I didn't do order to okay. be honest. Um, I would probably have the Ravens at seven to be honest. If I ranked and Chiefs and Broncos. Although it seems more likely that one of the, if three AFC teams get in, that the third one is probably the seven seed, just law of averages with records. Um, but I think the Ravens are going to be really good this year. I, I think um, it sounds like maybe Dobbins isn't going to play this week, which hurts me in a couple of leagues already. Yay. G20. Why would I want to start my whole friggin' starters for week one? Um, but uh, I really wanted to start JD McKissick this week. He said no one ever. Um, but yet I am, um, but I, I think the Ravens are going to be really good. I think they're going to run a lot. Obviously they always like to run a lot. And I, I think Rashad Bateman is the real thing. They seem to like Isaiah likely as a rookie. Uh, they got Mark Andrews. I, yeah. I think they're gonna be fun to watch. Yeah. NFC side for me. Um, and this is in seed order. So here's where, here's where the, uh, the chickens come to roost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the number five seed are, are, are my Detroit Lions. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're they're going to actually finish based – this is what I do remember because I was so shocked. Um, and you're like, are you sure you were drinking coffee this morning or not Honolulu Blue? Uh, yeah, was that uh, Irish coffee? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> I have the Lions um, finishing identical records to Green Bay but losing the division by one game because of head-to-head. So take that for what you will. Um, I have Dallas as my sixth seed, and I have Arizona as my seventh seed. So again, it's interesting that we just don't we don't have a lot of differences in these. Uh, I have the Vikings uh, making the wild card, not the Lions, and then I have the Cowboys and Cardinals as well. Wow! I, I tried we to did, find and, and, and listeners. We did not talk about this. Nope. This is you're hearing this live, so that's really yeah, interesting. I'm, I'm as surprised as you are. Um, I I tried to find a way to get the 49ers in there. Um, maybe slightly homerish. My brother's favorite team was 49ers. Of course, we know lost my brother two years ago. Looking really forward to watching the Bears and Niners this week. They're actually on the Fox channel here, so I don't have to go find a bar that has direct TV. Um, although I would have done that too. But um excited. I unfortunately have to have not unfortunately, I like the guy, but my uh roof guy has to stop by out on Sunday. We need to pick uh shingles. We're getting a new roof because we had three inch hail back in June. Um, so we're getting a new roof. We need to pick shingles, and he's got to stick his head up in our attic real quick. And I told him, I said, you're welcome to stop out Sunday, but I cannot promise good behavior between noon and three. So just be aware. I'm glad you said attic and articulated that because I almost thought he's going to have to stick his head up your. <laughs> attic. <laughs> yes. Just just poke his head into the attic and look at some things um, for the roof. I, I don't know what he has to look at. That's why he's a roof guy and I'm not. Um, that's that's what he's getting paid the money from the insurance company for. So, um so interesting that, uh, you know, we really have like one, one different playoff team in each conference. You and I switched the, the Chiefs and the Chargers as far as, well, no, you didn't have the Chargers in at all. Um, you have the Chiefs winning the division. I have the Chargers winning the division. 
I have the Chiefs in the playoffs, though. Your swap was Chargers Raiders, um, and the other swap we have is Vikings Lions, really, uh, as far as teams in the playoffs. Yeah. Some some different seeding, maybe. Um, and I didn't seed the wild cards. But uh, I, I think it'd be fun if the Lions can be in that playoff, Jason. I think they at least have a chance to be in the conversation, like in the on the bubble. I'm not sure I see them getting there. I, I haven't seen the last hard knocks yet. I watched the first three of them. Uh, hopefully this weekend I'll get a chance. I don't know this weekend's a There's bit five, of a so you got two episodes to watch. Maybe I've seen four then. I ha- I only have the last one then. Um, I already know some of the players who didn't make the team because I've seen other, you know, that they signed here or there or everywhere. Um, but Hard Knocks does, I think I mentioned this before, it makes me like players and teams a little bit more. So I could see it happening. But um, I think they're on the right trajectory. I think you got a good head coach in Detroit. Um, you got a good coaching staff. Uh, Deuce Staley is going to be a head coach and a really good one, I think, in the NFL at some point. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see. And Aaron Glenn, did Aaron Glenn, was he, wasn't he a head coach for a little bit or like an interim head coach somewhere? Does that make sense? It, I don't have that recollection. doesn't mean it didn't happen. I'm going to look it up real fast because I'm just – his name – like I feel like I – defensive coordinator – uh, no, assistant coach. All right. Nope, not been a head coach. I think he's going to have a shot in the head coach job as well at some point. So um, we'll see. So, Tom, then uh, we don't – I didn't I didn't lay out because I didn't do seating for a wild card. Like, I didn't lay out all of the playoffs. But who do you have in your AFC title game? So this – I so, again, I, I had everything seated, right? So my number one seed in the AFC is Buffalo. My number one seed in the NFC is Tampa based on records, based on the, again, the scenario that I walked through. Um, I feel really good about that Bills pick. I feel like I'm giving Tom Brady perhaps a little bit too much love. But again, until you until you take the goat to slaughter, the goat remains the goat. Um, AFC, my championship game is Buffalo, Kansas City, which would be the one in the three seed in the final, and a rematch of their incredible uh, divisional semifinal game from last year's playoffs. And are we going with the winner to to, to go on the sure. Super Bowl? I've I've sure. Buffalo. I've Buffalo uh, exercising those demons, and they'll do so in Buffalo, which is the difference from where they were last year in KC. Um, Buffalo will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And and I have the Bills and Chiefs as well. Uh, you said Bills and Chiefs, right? I did. Really quick. But it's an amazing on, game, so I was pretty sure. Um, I, I was reading something real fast, which I shouldn't have been doing. But um, no, was, I'm just I'm just so surprised how how synonymous we are. I know it is interesting, and I and I wrote all of these down actually last week because for some reason I thought we were doing these last week, and then right before we recorded, I'm like, we're doing that next week, aren't we? Well, I already did my homework. Good. Um, First time in my life I ever did homework at a time. Uh, and I, too, have the Bills going to the Super Bowl. So, uh, again, synonymous. Uh, interested to see who you have going uh, to the NFC title game. Yeah, so, uh, as I mentioned, I have Tampa Bay as my number one seed. Um, interestingly, again, because the Lions would be the first wild card, I have them as the fifth, so they would play the last divisional winner. I have the Rams as the last divisional winner. So, from a storyline standpoint, Rams-Lions wild card in L.A., get, sign me up. I'd love that. I also then have the Lions winning. So the Lions would then have to travel to Tampa in, in the second round of the playoffs. Um, again, 
you're like, bro, you you need to lay off the cough syrup. <laughs> Are you don't come to these podcasts drunk? Can you give um, me Karen's cell number again? I just want to do a welfare check. <laughs> intervention. Um, and and here's the ironic thing. Um, I really have been hearing so much about this team, and I'm not believing the hype. And I'm still not believing the hype that I traded two assets in a dynasty fantasy league because I'm like, I just don't trust them. But I do trust the quarterback, and I think it is his time to shine. So I have Tampa and Philly as my NFC championship game. That would end up being the number one seed and the uh, the number two seed. And I have Philly going down to Tampa and defeating Tampa. So Buffalo, Philly in the Super Bowl. And again, I'm questioning that, but I like it's it's crazy enough that it could make sense. Well, in my last draft that I did on Wednesday night for fantasy, I ended up with Jalen Hurts as my quarterback. Um, and in that one, there's no entry fee into the league, but there's 10 guys in the league, and the winner gets a $50 value Funko Pop from each of the other nine guys in the league. So I hope you're right, because that might lead Jalen Hurts to leading me to getting nine $50 Funko Pops with like $450 in value, right? Um, I can do math. Yay. Um, however, uh, I don't have that happening. Um, I also think you're on the loony juice if you think the Lions are going to L.A. and beating the Rams in the playoffs. I, that, that's not happening, Tom. It's, it's Tom. Come on, Tom. Did you not um, watch the game last night? Did you not see how Josh Allen dissected the do, secondary? Do, do I not think that Josh Allen is a far better quarterback than Jared friggin' Goff? Did you not see the last seven years, seven weeks of the season last year? Jared Goff was a top five rated quarterback. All of that is carrying over, Jim. Do your research. <laughs> <laughs> well, and maybe in our G20 league, I hope you're a little bit right because I have Jamison Williams, and I think towards the end of the season he might help me. Uh, I'm very excited about him long term in that league. Obviously, I knew I wasn't going to have. Uh, at least the first, you know, probably half or so of the season, probably without him because of his injury. Uh, I have the Rams and the Bucks in the NFC title game. Um, and, and I have the Rams going. I think last night was a a uh, preview of the Super Bowl. Uh, Rams and Bills is still my pick. Uh, I, I think the Rams are going to right the ship. You obviously do too. You have them winning the division. Um, you know, I, I don't think anybody in the NF NFL is probably going undefeated this year. There's some people saying, look, the way the Bills beat the Rams, the Bills are going to go 17-0. and Come on, it's the NFL season. There's a reason that that's only happened. Well, nobody's ever gone 17-0 and to start for a regular season. There's never been a 17-game season until last year. <clears throat> There's a reason that um, only two teams have ever even made it to the Super Bowl undefeated, um, and only one of them even won the Super Bowl in the, in the Dolphins. Um, the NFL is too good. The Bills are going to get knocked off at some point by somebody. They're not going to lose a bunch. They're going to they're going to win most of their games. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, I have them going to the Super Bowl. But... I feel like they play in the regular season KC and they play Cincinnati. Pardon me, Cincinnati. I think I think if, if, if one at least, if not both, which is like a... that would make sense because they should play the division winners because um, yeah, that's yeah. how the the season or the schedule gets set. So yeah. they should play both of those. So so there's that. Plus, I think, and we haven't talked about anyone else. New England is always some some sneaky right. way they're going to find their way in, and Miami should be better. Um, right. So to think to think out of that you're going to play those teams twice and then to run, do the Bills have the chance to run the table? Sure, sure. In in the world of the NFL 
and the parity that exists, even with the greatest of the great teams, that's really hard. Yeah. I, so, I, so Super Bowl picks. Um, yes. I'm going. I'm going with Buffalo. Yeah, I am too. Buffalo. I know they're the trendy pick. I know everybody and their sisters pick Buffalo, but there's a reason. They're they're a really well built team. They're a really well coached team. Um, yeah, there's a reason. The only thing I think Buffalo doesn't have is a stud running back. Um, but they have Josh Allen, which is kind of like having a stud running back. Um, and I think the pieces they've gotten Singletary and Moss, and now maybe James Cook is their pass catching back. Um, the rookie, I didn't know to check his stats last night, but um, again, rookie first game. So I'm not even going to really worry about if they're too good or not. Um, I think they've got the pieces there. They've got all kinds of weapons for pass catchers with Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie and Dawson Knox and, 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 um, I, yeah, I think, and they've got a good defense. I, yeah, it's, if somebody beats Buffalo, they're going to earn, they're going to earn it. I mean, whoever beats Buffalo when they beat them during the regular season, or if they can beat them in the playoffs, kudos, because you're going to have to earn that win. So there we have it. We're both picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Uh, delusionally, Tom has the Lions into the second round of the playoffs. I did not put my Bears even in the playoffs. I, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong about the Lions, too. I hope they make a run. That'd be really fun. I enjoy, if, I, if my own team can't get there, I enjoy when teams that you haven't seen do it, you know, which is why the Bills haven't done it yet. Like, the Bills have still never won a Super Bowl, so I'd love to see the Bills win a Super Bowl. Um, the Bills have been good the last couple of years, but they haven't been great yet. So I that would be fun um, seeing a team like the Lions or the Eagles even, even though, yes, they won a Super Bowl in the somewhat recent past. Um, they're still not a team that you think of. Like you always, right now, I feel like you always think of the Rams and the Bucks and the Chiefs, um, you know, and those kinds of teams. Um, the Bengals last year was a great example. Like I was rooting for the Bengals because that was just awesome. The Bengals hadn't been good, that good in a long time. It was fun to see them go. So I love watching those kind of Cinderella stories as they play out. And the Lions certainly could be one this year. Um, if, if I'm a Lions fan and I'm not, but, you know, a good friend of mine obviously is, I think progress is what you're looking at. Like continued win total going up, continued good play. I, maybe if Goff can keep it up, I just, I am not a Goff believer. Um, I kind of feel like the Lions are a quarterback away from really being a contender, but that's just me. Um, they got weapons on the outside. They got a running back, so we'll see. And that defense is going to be scrappy in Detroit. I think that defense is going to, going to cause some problems. So we'll see in Chicago uh, again, I think Justin Fields is a real deal. I'm really excited to see him, but my one concern is going to be really hard for Justin Fields to do anything if he's on his back three seconds after every snap. And I think that is a real concern with that offensive line. I think you and I right now could make that offensive line and that's not good because we probably should. So yeah, the offensive line is, I, I and again, I hope I'm wrong on that. I hope it works out because it looks bad. Right At least Fields is a mobile quarterback. Good because he's gonna be running for his life. <laughs> well, uh, Justin Fields might lead. Here's my hot take: Justin Fields might lead the league in rushing this year because he's running for his life every play. I'm really glad you get to watch the Bears. I'm really glad to play in the Niners. You get to watch that as well. I think that's a special opportunity. I, my son, has fall ball that formally starts on Sunday, so we have doubleheader baseball from one to five. Uh, we're supposed to get some less than desirable, not good baseball weather here um, on Sunday. Selfishly, I kind of want us to because I want to watch the Lions live. 
the fallback is I just leave my phone at home and I'm going to DVR it. So pump, pump to watch those games, pump to watch all of the NFL get going. Last night was a great night. That first half was really balanced. And then you saw the bills show who they are in the second half. I'm nervous about the Rams receiving core. I wouldn't have said this before, but maybe the bears knew what they didn't have anymore in Allen Robinson. Maybe. Yeah. Um, now, I do think halfway through the season they could get Odell. I think he easily could resign there. And Odell and, and Cooper Cup came to play last night. I mean, he had a good game. Um, Odell would help that receiving core. I don't think I don't think trading Robert Woods was as good of a decision they made. But that's just I think Robert Woods is going to be good in Tennessee. Anyways, we've gone two hours and fifteen minutes. This might be one of our. It's one of our longest episodes ever. Might be our longest episode ever. I I feel like we went two and a half one time, but. Um, I remember Annette calling us out for it, being like, dude, I need an intermission. What's going on? Um, well, I've taken two today, so. <laughs> right, you have. And I've sat here just like Michael Cole and JR in a three-hour raw. <laughs> well, I you're the anchor. So I know we've gone too far. I'm the, ship, I'm the ship adrift. You're the anchor. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Again, recording schedule-wise, probably the next two weeks, no episode. Um, unless things change in life, you know, or something in the next, then we come up with a time that works, but uh, most likely the next two weeks, no episode, hopefully in three weeks, we're back. We'll kind of, again, that'll be played by ear. We'll keep you updated on Twitter and on Facebook and that sort of thing. So everybody be safe. Have a great first NFL weekend. If you love football, enjoy. If you don't love football, you probably stopped listening to us about half an hour ago. So. <laughs> but make sure you come back in January. We talk about if we were right about our playoffs picks. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be, when we're making those Royal Rumble picks and talking about the Super Bowl. So, um, and, and hopefully the Bears and Lions in the NFC title game. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, we're both delusional. <laughs> that. So, all right, everybody, be safe and uh, we'll talk to you soon.